Hey, Patriots, we are here tonight, Sunday, October 1st in the year 2023. And this is a live stream parallel here with Resistance Chicks, which is awesome. And this is our last show together tonight, so it's going to be a very special show. We're in a little bit here. We're going to bring on the Cantrell family, if you remember who they are from Bards Fest. They are awesome. A family of 10, Pastor Paul Cantrell and Christine, uh, the mama. She's awesome. Great family. I don't know who all we're going to get on tonight, but it will be a great discussion. And we're also going to be launching a Give, Send, Go for them tonight. Uh, they've been traveling the country following the, the, their ministry call, and uh, time for us to sew back a little bit, so it's going to be pretty great. Hey, before we get going tonight, yeah, of all the shows to do this on, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, and and it's iTarget Pro, which is literally the that is that piece that you need in your life to keep your skill set strong. We are literally heading into some pretty crazy times. And those crazy times are going to create a lot of instability. And you need to really be prepared in many ways, both spiritually and sort of the steel types way. Keep your home safe and secure. We just don't know what exactly is going to happen, but we need to keep your skill sets up. So to do that, quite literally, you need to go to the range or a version of the range. And the great thing about iTarget Pro is the range comes to you. So it uses a laser bullet 
and it uses a digital receiver, and that's tied to your phone. And when you do this, then you're able to practice using dry fires type practicing to increase your precision in the safety of your home. That also opens up the door to train your children, to train your, your family and others that are un, un, unfamiliar with the firearm and to do it totally in the safety of your home to build up accuracy, proper gun handling skills and so forth and without the expense of the ammo that goes with it. So you want to go to itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. That's the letter itargetpro.com. And you're going to head over there and you're going to use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, and that will give you 10% off and they're away you go. So that's a great product and a super way to enhance your skills and super way to obviously keep your skills sharp and in the, for crazy times. So check it out, itargetpro.com. Okay, so Michelle's going to join us here in a little bit. And she's and so and so I'm saying hello at the same time to um, Resistance Nation. We have this two merging of nations, Bards Nation and Resistance Nation. It's pretty cool. And this all has been sparked, obviously, through the last couple of years, actually. And so I want to honor today, before we get going, we want to honor Jeff Brain. And for those of you that don't know Jeff or don't know the story, Jeff started uh, Clout Hub, and he was a huge part. He and his team were a huge part of Bards Fest 1. And as we are wrapping down our last show, uh, tonight we're going to dedicate this to last show together for a while. Let me be clear about this. It's not a last show, but as we go our last show together in this week, and then you'll see us come back together here in the not too distant future. This is going to be a regular coming and going, but for this week, the last show for this meeting, we are going to dedicate it to Jeff Brain and the team at CloudHub. So thank you all. You're doing great and appreciate all you do. Jeff was instrumental in helping forge a really good alliance not only with CloudHub, but helped ourselves and the Resistance Nation come together, which has been significant. And uh, Michelle and Leah are just powerhouses in their ministry, powerhouses in the prophetic, and really enjoy have, have enjoyed immensely working with them. And we, if not without our moments of interesting times this last week, we have worked literally like we worked at Bard's Fest and have not stopped, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, we have been working in some form of ministry and shows all week until every night about 2 or 3 in the morning and back at it again around 8 and then we go all day. So nonstop, it's been fantastic, completely energized, completely filled with the Holy Spirit and just have enjoyed ourselves in a fantastic way. From here, and I'm really encouraging you who don't follow Michelle and Leah, do so. And they're on Rumble, they're on uh, DLive and... Then big one is Facebook, and they actually have managed to work Facebook very well. I'm not a Facebook user, but this they have a great following over there. And then for Resistance Nation, we really encourage you to come over to Podbean, where we have our live chat and where we're streaming on right now, and come become part of us here. We, we enjoy sharing this both sides. So come on over and join us over here. We'd love to have you. We're just expanding out our ministries individually and together. And just so this term that I have been uh, remiss or hesitant, I should say, to use for this last few days, God gave it as a word that Bard's Nation Ministry has been launched, and it is a ministry of deliverance and healing. And that's essentially where we're going to hub off of going forward. Now, we had some interesting, I had some interesting comments earlier. 
from somebody I really respect in chat, ribbing me a little bit. We haven't had any news this week. And instead, we've been focusing on some issues heavily around prayer and worship. Had some great shows talking about everything from um, speaking in the prophetic, healing, uh, speaking in tongues, all sorts of things this week we covered and we don't normally do. And I think it's a very enriching week. We had some really hard discussions about um, marriage, about the um, just unburdening ourselves from the past. I gave some confessionals this last week that were not easy to give, but I'm happy I did. Uh, we've talked about reestablishing men's power, which included the re- restoring, and this is probably contentious with some, but hey, this was on my heart, given it was put on my heart by God to do, which includes the idea of we're literally where we are of men restoring vasectomies and taking their power back. So this is there's a this is all part of a spiritual fight that we're in. And that is part of this whole week has really been put on our heart to build up that powerful place in the Holy Spirit to bring us forward now, leading off of the fantastic week of Bards Fest. So all of that was a has been an absolute amazing time we've had together. And with this, I don't think we've just basically been going nonstop, and it's been wonderful. Um, it's going to be a little bit sad saying goodbye, but it's only temporary. And um, we'll just keep building our shows together and building the alliance so that we can build a more powerful ministry in the Holy Spirit as we move forward individually, but wherever we need to, to unite to bring about a really powerful blessing. Can you send that to my dad, that link for Rumble? I did. Yeah. He just texted me and said, we don't have a Rumble account, so we can't watch. And I said, I just texted him back, and I said, okay, but you should be able to watch without an account. Okay, good. You can. Well, I'm going to have to get him set up on Rumble when we get back. Michelle's with yeah, us now. you should be able to watch it. Awesome. So, hey, so mom and dad, you should be able to watch it on Rumble. Michelle just sent you the link. So that's good. So that's, It's like uh, walking, watching a YouTube. You don't have to, I can't even, yeah, never mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's like watching a oh, YouTube. Oh, you should there, be able oh, to. There you go. You were watch on mute. YouTube. There you go. You, oh, even better. They can hear me now. Yeah, they could. You muted before. my mic and everything. I, I did it. How yeah. rude. I know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Michelle's here. Howdy. Hey. Howdy. But good. So that's good. And uh, yeah, you can tell them what you just said because I didn't get any of that. Okay. All I'm saying is Lloyd and Billy, you can watch Rumble like you can watch <laughs> YouTube. You don't have to be logged into it. You don't have to have an account. All right. Thank you. Welcome. That was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. They say in, in chat. Are they in chat right now? Yeah, no. I'm looking oh, at people. Everybody saying, else. Okay. You're a rock star. Hey, y'all. I, no, Jesus is a rock star. Yeah, but within the realm of the of the living. You know what? You know what? All of your people are are rock stars, yeah, and are. I love them. We, we look. I just want to say something, and and really, that is on my heart. Truly, thank you, everybody. This has been. Yeah. This is really bringing two groups of wonderful people together. And we're just inspired, and all of this is really, but it's been so exciting. Um, <laughs> Chris at MI says, those are Bards girls now. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, that's good. I don't know that you can use Bards chicks, though. I mean, I guess you could. Why not? Yeah. You can do Bards chicks. That makes you a resistance rooster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was good. That was You're quick. Welcome. All right. That's very good. And that's, we've even have, we even have, and that's going to stick to, you know that, right? Absolutely. That's good. It's right. not the first time we've used it though. I, I gave that to somebody else oh, the other day. I, I think have. I, no, 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 Cause there, you can have more than one rooster. You are, you are one, like you're, you're male. So 
All right, so we good. That, that, I get it. So. Oh look, it's that, it's, look, who's that? What, how do you say that name? It text deplorable. Algren? Text oh, deplorable. These shows have been amazing. Oh this no, past that's Algren. Algren. These shows have been amazing. Oh, and there's the rooster. I see yeah, it. Okay, that's what I was looking that's at. That's good. So yeah, it's um, <laughs> warlord. I'm still warlord. Don't worry. I'll be. That's a resistance warlord. That's the other. No, you don't get to be a resistance warlord. <laughs> What is that? You know the story about that, don't you? No. Oh, okay, well, you have to hear it. It's great. Okay. Okay. So in in the first show, and the first Bards Fest, you know David Barak, that pedophile that runs uh, Media Matters? Yeah. Okay. My, you can tell how much my love is for love him. Love the man. Yeah, he's wonderful. So he, read a, he wrote a hit piece on me. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. And that's what got us defunded originally. Oh, no. Right. So You mean from Bards Fest 1? Right, Bards Fest 1. So remember, we had to go through that whole thing. We lost all our funding, and then we had to build our own ticketing site, and then God put on my heart to make it free. Yeah. And then I, I've told that story before, and I was like, literally, what? And then we turned out to be great, right? So you wanted to hear something funny? I think I've said this to you before, but I'm going to say it again since you brought it up. Yeah. We told people on our show live, we're like, I think this is happening to Scott because you can't charge for a revival and he needs to just make it free. Really? And then you did. Oh, we, we literally said it on air. Wow. The words of the prophetics. <laughs> or just uh, wisdom. Or just wisdom. That could be. <laughs> so he writes this article and he called me a QAnon militia leader. Oh, wow. I didn't know you had a militia. I didn't. But that's why I reminded him. I said, I'm not a QAnon militia leader. I'm a warlord for Jesus. <laughs> so that's where the warlord came from. Okay. So that was good. I enjoyed that. And it stuck. It, it stuck. I'm assuming because you're so against Facebook, your parents don't have a Facebook either, right? Well, no, I just haven't set them up there on it. Okay. Well, because your dad says that it doesn't look like they can get onto the Rumble. Oh, that's too bad. You should totally be able to watch Rumble without an account, though. I don't know why that hasn't happening. All right. So we're going to have to fix all this when I get home. You will fix it. I have work to do. You do. Yeah, so I'll get them set up on Facebook. It sounded a little you. Scottish. I have work to do. I have work to do. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you know how to do that. Aye. That's good. That's good. I'm That's not really too bad. Right. Very good. So um, I'm going to have to set them up on Facebook so they can follow you. Great. And that'll be good because they can watch your lives. Yep. And then we'll have to get them set up on Rumble. Yes. And then we're going to have to talk later about what shows we're going to do. And I'm going to have to start live streaming on to set up so I can join you on Rumble as a live stream. Yeah, that's awesome. Like multi-stream. Multi-stream it. Hannah can get you set up with that. She's a pro. More than I am. That's pretty good. It's true. She should get a raise. I just gave her one. I'm just going to give her another. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Hannah, what did you do? Oh, I'm telling you right now. She's like the kid that like, I didn't get a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What is this? Oh, oh my that's goodness. awesome. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to start today with a few prayers this evening because of some things came in late from our wonderful prayer. Four hours. And a half. Four and a half hours of prayers. Is it because there were a lot of prayers or just because there was two of us? Both. Okay. So first of all, there were a lot of prayers. Yeah. Because we were like stopped up from not, we're not doing them for a week. Oh, okay. So we yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But it is also growing. Oh, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. so we have that. Plus, we have the fact that you and I were giving Two answers to one prayer. And I tried to keep it really short. No, it did, Were it, you trying? Because I was trying. I, I was trying. Yeah, whatever. Kind of. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Really. That would, that would, that would be a, a, a lie. So, no, I can't do that. 
All right. Let, let me, let's, let's. So tonight we're going to have the Cantrells join us and I'm super excited about yeah, that. Yeah. So I've got the zoom set up and everything. You're going to have to pull up the zoom on your end. Okay. We forgot to get that set up ahead of time, but we'll work it out. No, I just had to click on it. Okay. So there's just a link. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the Cantrells are going to come in in a little bit. Um, we're going to pray for them. Obviously we're going to launch a give, send, go for them, which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, I have that actually, and I have it in the description on our videos and if, let me, I, I'm going to, I'll pull up the Podbean chat and I'll add it there. I think it's givesendgo.com forward slash Cantrell with two L's clan. Clantel, Cantrell, Cantrell clan. clan. Yeah. Hannah can't okay. that. Uh, let's see. I think we can put it in chat and our mods can find it. Cantrell clan. Punky, can you see if we can find that on, on, uh, um, for the, the link for everybody. So this is going to be, and I, I'm sure they can. We have, we have the best mods. You do actually have the best. And they're not, here's the deal. They need better names than like mods. I mean, mods are cool, but like they, they're more than just mods. You're though. right. So what should we call them? We're going to rename them tonight. Sergeants. Sergeants. That's, that's a little too militant. Is it? Yeah. Because they have, they have like, I want to like, they, they have command. Sh Bards shepherds. No, it doesn't work. Ring. No, we're going to have to come up with a new name. Okay. By the end of the night, we're going to be blessed with a new name to move us away from the mods. So that we can get, <laughs> they seem to like Mod Squad. I don't know. We'll have to I, say. Mod Squad, I guess. Yeah, okay. That's all right. We'll have to see. But it's absolutely true, though. I have to say this because our mods do so much. They do. They do far more than just like, oh, there it is. I don't know. Punky's got it. They, right ran, they, they ran the whole uh, Bards Fest. Yeah, they were all there. Right. Doing, yeah. I mean, Nikki, Nikki ran everything and so, Punky ran all the kids stuff. Punky ran single handedly, though she got support, but she single handedly set up the entire kids program. Thank you, Punky. Nikki was completely like Mrs. Make sure everything is in place. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Hannah was like all over social media and the, uh, website. and the websites, making sure everything was on spec. And she did, by the way. Oh, I mean, we threw a lot of curveballs at her, by the way, with slides and yeah, stuff like that. Everything. It was fantastic. She we rolled with it. Amazing team, right? Just an absolute amazing team. If I forgot somebody, it's not because we don't love you. Just so you know. You know who we didn't get a, get a chance to call out on um, Sunday? Who was that? Jay Wu. Okay, this is a great one. Jay Wu is, has been huge in volunteering with yeah. the whole group. He's got a heart of gold. Um, and he's. we're going to actually do a prayer for him tonight, I believe. And we'll do that. But Jay Wu is really amazing. He is, uh, he's always there. He's that guy that just checks in and, yeah. and he's just there with people. Beautiful heart. Prays yeah. with people. Worked on the grill. Mm -hmm. Jim Conley, obviously. But uh, we've already talked about Jim Conley. Yeah. He, he's I just remember on Sunday we were finished and I was like, wait, Jay Wu was here before everybody else. Mm -hmm. Helping out um, the amazing lady that came from Germany. He helped out with her. Yep. So it, it, I just wanted to. That's Jasmine. Give, give, Jasmine, thank you. Give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Because okay. we didn't get a chance to acknowledge him. There were so many volunteers. I feel bad that we can't call them all by name, but um, you guys are awesome and you know who you are. Yeah, there was an amazing amount of volunteers at Bards Fest and we'll continue to. We're really honored to have so many people inspired to help. And it, it really was great. And I don't know, you guys had your own people that were there. We did. Yeah, we did. John yeah. and Stacy. Barnes. What, yeah, that's a powerful ministry team. You don't even know. Like they literally, and they just today baptized their son-in-law their and their um, granddaughter and their two grandsons. Just wow. today. They, just today. Just today they did that. Yeah. And, wow. and it was spurred on by John assisting you in, in baptizing, is it Tam? Tam. 
Tammy. On Sunday. Yeah. And his name is John, John the Baptist, right? Uh, it fits. Very it's very good. fitting. Yeah. And so um, it, they were like, wait, our family's been wanting to get baptized. Now, why don't we just have John? And John and Stacy did it together, actually, because we, ad- we they are ordained under the Resistance Chicks ministry. Oh, wow. Um, that may happen before you leave here. Okay. Just so you walk away with that. Um, and that, let me clarify something. I, I want to rephrase under the Resistance Chicks ministry. That's more of a technical term. It's just, it's a side-by-side thing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's how we feel about John and Stacy. Their, their ministry is not under our ministry, but it is, it has come up and sidled alongside of us, which is really awesome. And then John and Cassie, Dr. Reverend Dad and their, their oh, he's kids. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're absolutely amazing. Cassie was part of the kids camp. Mm-hmm. She absolutely loved it. Um, and for those of you that watched, um, Jason is one of the ones that got up with John and they, they share their testimony about pornography which was really, really powerful to, to talk about how they came through it and came on the other side. And Stacy and Cassie got up and talked about the side of this is how it affects wives. It's heartbreaking. Yep. And Leah, Leah said something the other day that I, I never realized that when they do like brain scans of women who have had husbands who looked at porn and, or had a porn addiction and they find out about it, it's the same, it's the same thing that happens when you have PTSD. Really? The same thing happens to your brain. It's that traumatic. And this was, and I don't think men quite get that, the yeah, betrayal. So I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and make the clarity on something I said because we've had a little bit of pushback on it. You know what I'm talking about? With I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it went in, um, in the issue of porn, I made a comment, and we've had two interesting responses to this on the extremes, which is good, uh, honestly, but that we need to reposition ourselves as a married couple Mm-hmm. To understand that pornography, when it comes at the man, is literally a demonic attack to split on the couple. On the couple. So, and what my comment was is, and it, I, I know people. There was some one comment in particular that I was very insensitive because I basically just said, "Women, you're going to have to get over the emotional and stand with your man to overcome this." Yeah. Now, what you just said is important because there's actually a lot of there is emotional damage. Yes. And. I understand that. And I'm not being insensitive to that. When my focus is and continues to be is trying to focus on the team building if yes. you will, and the strengthening of the married couple. Right. And so that also means that men, you have to be aware that when you do dumb things like that, you are causing damage to your wife. And that is your responsibility in the end of the day and before right. the throne. Bottom line. Right. Okay. And, and I would I would take it a step further. Men, you need to understand that when you do that, you might as well have just punched your wife in the face multiple times. Yeah. Like, actually, most wives would rather you do that. I, I kid you not. I would. Yeah, I, think I would rather my husband hit me in the face than look at pornography. Like, I kid you not. It's that devastating. I don't think people quite understand, I understand what it that, does to you, your very soul. If your husband did that, it wouldn't go over well with me. Yeah, I know. I get that. Okay, okay, I get okay. that. But my point is, when we're making a comparison, um, one doesn't really damage of course let me rephrase this this is an extreme example that i'm using that may sound very flippant your husband should never hit you this is completely unacceptable and it would cause emotional damage if your husband hit you but i just mean the physical versus the emotional is it's like you would i guess i I, you would prefer the pain of the physical hit to the pain of what happens when you when that happens and it's the betrayal and it is 
It totally is. It's a betrayal of trust. So So this is really important for us guys moving forward, and we're going to have the Cantrells on to talk about the how God wants families to be. But you need to recognize, and this is what you said, that it really hit Rhonda Miller, and she went home. She was the one that did the Purple for Parents presentation, uh, the Alfred Kinsey one that some people got their little panties in a wad over, um, which I get, (laughs) okay, whatever. But this is where I would say suck it up, buttercup, and you got to watch it. Um, So... (laughs) So she said that they went home and they talked in the car because they have had some some issues. Right. And they're like, we never viewed it as an attack on the two of us. Right. That's critical. And you so you said that. So back to your comment of what you said about women, you're just going to have to get over the emotional damage and and stand with your husband. You didn't mean it the way that it came out. The avenue with where you meant that was it is more important for you to, if God is calling you to stay with your husband, because he may not be, but if he is calling you to stay with your husband, you're going to have to somehow overcome the emotion and ask the Lord to heal it and take it away so that you can be able to stand strong while God is healing you and healing your husband. Okay, so yes, it was an an insensitive comment that you didn't mean it that way. Because I spoke like I was speaking to men. Exactly. Okay, and I didn't carry the weight of a woman. Right. I'm glad. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, and this is a, a revelation that we've been talking about consistently all week, the feminine of the Holy Spirit. God is both male and female. Now, yes, he is God the Father, and we understand him primarily as male, but all of the characteristics that make female female come from God. He is all of those things. He is caregiver. He is nurturer, right? He is soft. Earlier today, we were trying to get Scott to softly hold a tiny little dog, <laughs> and he chihuahua. literally looked like a, like, he's like, I am, this is soft. And I get that, because I have the shoulders too, and, and I remember being in ballet, because we had to take ballet when I was a gymnast, and the ballet instructor would come, and she was like, and she would be like, you need to have rounded shoulders, and I'm like, lady. This is as rounded as they get. And I'm like trying so hard. I'm like, I'm pushing my shoulders down. I'm like, this is as as round as they get. That was you holding this little chihuahua. And I'm like, hold it softer. And you're like, this is as soft as I get. Yeah. Well, yeah, it kind of was. Right. But you can get softer on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That I can. But I found that softness yesterday with a great Dane and a, and a, whatever the other dog was, big ones. Not the same. No, you have to be. So there's the little, there's your little buddy right there. And this this little chihuahua has fallen in love with me. She I, has. It's a really adorable. Oh my goodness. I'm, okay, I'm, so let's get to these prayers. Let's let's. Get, we, we're kind of being funny and silly, but this this is important stuff because we weren't able to finish it because we went for four and a half hours today. Correct. So now we're going to do some prayers. So I'm going to read this one. This comes from. It's actually come. We're going to start with one from, uh, Jay Wu. So here we go. Hello, brothers and sisters. I have a huge problem asking for prayer for myself. Yet I feel compelled and cannot do this on my own. I feel very compelled to go and walk the path God has for me. What keeps me here is an obligation to a family that may no longer be mine. I own a home that my estranged wife of the last two years and a half, two and a half years has been in. The house needs a roof and can be cleaned up and repaired and a way for the mortgage to be paid somehow so that I may leave my job and go where God leads. My prayer is that the home be repaired and made safe and welcoming place for my wife and her children to have a real home. Let them see God's glorious face and movement in my life and that the home made a place that is secure that that they uh, may take refuge in. I go and serve the Lord without the worry of a mortgage payment or the safety of those I love and care for 
though I'm no longer a part of their lives. Thank you, my beautiful family. Praise God, Jay Wu. So I'm going to say this right off the bat. Jay Wu, we need to have a phone call because there's a couple of things that stand out there to me that will need prayer and intercession um, to work out. I yeah, think. I think that's fair. I um, think. Because I think that this prayer may not be what you're asking for, may not exactly be what God is saying. I think it's very close, but I think there's a couple of things that need to be tweaked. So let's just pray into God giving clarity. There you go. Um, Because I think that that's the most important thing right now. And vision. Sure. So dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we lift up Jay Wu to you. He is such a wonderful, righteous man of God whose heart is to do your will and to be in the ministry and to go where you lead him to go. So Lord God, I just pray that um, you give him a clarity of vision and that you open the doors that need to be open and you close the doors that need to be closed. Lord God, we know that it is your will for families to be family. And so whatever this looks like moving forward, I pray that you give um, Jay Wu the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding to know where he's supposed to go, whether he's supposed to stay, whether he's supposed to go, whether this family is his, whether it's not. All of these things can uh, kind of be confusing when when your heart is feeling a call that God's that God's leading you to go somewhere. And does the family go with you? Um, what's going on with the home? Regardless of going and staying, this home clearly needs some work. So Lord God, I just pray that you provide to make a way for the roof and all of the other things that are going on and, and get that fixed up so that it can be a home. Uh, for for this family to live in, Lord God. And I just pray that you fill Jay Wu with your Holy Spirit, that you baptize him with fire and with love. In the name of Jesus, amen. And Jay Wu, this is, um, just seems pretty clear that the house is more very symbolic of the sort of state you're in right now. Everything needs some repair and some clarity. So, Father God, we just pray that um, you'll bless him with the clarity of each step and lay out the path before him with very clear footsteps to follow that the, uh, that the confusion that sits on his heart between being family, being father, being outside is settled and that the resources needed for this house to in any form needed will be to be repaired, which is ultimately about repairing the depth of his love and his state with his family. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's move on to some more. We've got a few more here, Patriots, we're going to do, and then we'll move into the Cantrells. So this came in today. At the end, uh, prayer request, I have a prayer request, didn't get it to Nikki prior to today, but feel nudged right now. Some may already know this ongoing request. I've been open uh, with this in my testimony, but that the, soil, uh, that the soil of the space where today has been prepared is a special way spiritually for impactful prayer. The request of the Lord today is that circumstances would change with my sons. Relationships with both have been severed. They cut contact with me in May 2021. The oldest has canceled me out of his life with my now three-year-old grandchild and maybe another grandchild born since because I wouldn't take the jab. One of these. Um, my youngest son in his, is in his 30s is, in prayer, is a prayer of life over death. Literally, he is held captive by Satan in deep deception that he is not a man and is living a completely pagan life. I trust God and have laid this at his feet. I know his workings. I'm also praying for a glimpse of its of its in his will. If it's in his will. If it's in his will. Flight works, Mary. So back to what I said earlier, you know, when it comes to healing, when it comes to salvation, um, 
These are things that are actually very clear cut. It's God's will. Okay, this prayer of, I pray that you heal my son if it's God's will. I pray if you heal my body if it's God's will. It is God's will. God is a good God. You know, the scripture says that um, what father, if this son asks for a piece of bread, will he give him a snake? God is, and we have to work on our perception of God. Very good. Okay, so flight works, Mary. God loves your sons and God wants them in his fold. And it is his will that they be a part of that. So we can pray out his will very clearly. And the reason why we dance around this whole, if it's God's will thing, there are times, yes, in the, our father, we're told to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there are some things that are very specific. And this is also goes into getting filled with the Holy ghost and having your prayer language, because there's things that we don't know, but there are some things that we do know. And because we don't see healings, because we don't see these miraculous miracles all the time, we're like, okay, well, then maybe it's just not God's will. No, we're just missing something that's keeping keeping it from coming to fruition. Okay, so we're going to pray that your sons come back uh, to life and and come back to, to the Lord in, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray that. But before I get to that, I feel led by the Lord to say this, whether it's Flightworks Mary or anybody else out there that has a prodigal. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Now, this statement, please hear my heart on this, because it is not intended to produce guilt. It is intended to produce life. When we are parents, we have to take responsibility for things that we did or let in that that allowed our children to go astray. Now, yes, children have free will, okay? But if you sent your child to public school, God entrusted you with the education of that child. Okay. Now, again, this is not a guilt trip. You have to go back and heal it. This is called inner healing. So you go back, you never sent them to public school. You cut the ties with public school. You repent for sending them from public school. Okay. And you make it like they never went. And then God can go back and heal it. And there's so many other things out there. Maybe you hired a babysitter that molested your child and you never were supposed to hire that babysitter. There's a whole host of things that cause children to go astray. Maybe they weren't supposed to hang out with certain friends. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, go back heal it, make it like it, like it was supposed to be. And then it can actually materialize. So I'm trying to give you a tool, not of guilt, but a tool that will actually produce results in them coming back. Good. So dear Heavenly Father, we lift up these boys to you. Their mama loves them. And there is a righteousness in a praying mama. And my mama just came out and gave some advice to the Cantrells uh, about the authority that a parent walks in over their children Right now, in the name of Jesus, flight works, Mary. I want you to say, son, you are a man. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are healed. You are whole. And I want you to come back to Christ and in effect, come back to me in the name of Jesus. We decree and we declare these things in the name of Jesus. We cancel the connection between paganism and flight works, Mary's sons. There is no paganism that is allowed to take a grip or a hold over these men. They must uh, walk in the righteousness of God. And I command all the host of, or the legion of demons that are tormenting these uh, fellas in the name of Jesus to flee in seven ways and to go back to the pit of hell. And father God, I stand with flight works, Mary in her righteous prayers as a mama to bring these boys home, come home in the name of Jesus, come home to your father. That is where you will find true peace, true tran- tranquility and true prosperity in the calling that God has for you. Father, I just want to ask you bless this family. 
but in particular, place a hedge of protection around these boys. There is def- definitely a deep connection to the dark and the demonic. We purge that injection that's within the body. We flush it with the Holy Spirit, and we start to cleanse the body that was now corrupted by the injection to try to build a bridge into the darkness. Father, as we pray for this and we pray the Holy Spirit over each of these young men, we pray, pray for restoration of the true sense of who they are, the root and the seed, and let them rise up now to be men, to be have the, the spell casting broke from them, their eyes set clear to see, and to truly reclaim their position as young men in kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I don't want anybody to get like offended that I'm about to take a very hard stance on the show. I get that we want you guys to be able to take the things that we say, take them to God, let them be confirmed. And, and you know, my mom's always taught us, if there's anything that we say that doesn't confirm in your spirit, just take it to God. But I am about to make a very stark statement. Everett here on Facebook says, not every single public school is bad. Yes, they are. They all are. Every single one. And here's how I know. Every single public school is bad because the inception of where it came from and the idea comes from Satanism. Okay. This is, this is one of those things we can't move on because every single child has the right to be educated according to the things of God. That is a right that is given to children by God and it is stripped away by the public school system. And the entire public school system is going to be torn down in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'll confirm this because you're you're looking at a structure that was designed to do exactly what it's doing. Right. To strip people away from their faith, to strip people away from their connection in God and to make them efficient tools for industry. Exactly. It goes back to the Prussian model. They literally got the model of it from the Prussians. Right. Then that's what they were trying to do. So this is one of these difficult, we were going to bump into some of these, but when we're talking about a war, and the responsibility when you wake up is you have to take action. When you yeah. don't know and you're wandering, I get it. But now right. this is far different. Right. Okay. Please pray for my daughter, Rachel Watson, will be delivered out of a greater confusion. Thank you for my prayer. Thank you, my prayer warrior family. She is coming back to faith in, in her Savior, Jesus. That's from Faith W. Okay. Um, I've said this before, and I'm... I don't do prayers like this in that way. And this is kind of how I say it, and we'll rephrase it. Um, we're not going to force somebody as to say that she will be delivered is almost white magic because we're trying to do something against free will, what we can say and will say. Father God, we just want to pray into uh, Faith W's daughter and Rachel, and, and it's Rachel Watson. That we just ask that uh, the scales will be balanced, meaning that, Father, she has the understanding and fullness of what the Holy Spirit is, that she has the encounter to truly be able to choose wisely, to be able to see the path before her, to envelop and, and truly experience the power of, of, the, of faith, what it is in our lives, the love that it brings, the, the power and glory of what it is to truly love rather than to hate, and to truly have witness before our Savior Jesus, to understand the true passion and, and love of whom she serves. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I love that your name is Faith because that literally is the foundation of what will fix someone like that. Love and faith. Wonderful. You want to read the next one? Yeah. Prayer warriors, please pray for my cousin, Natalie, whom is having marital issues. Her mental health is causing her to say some drastic things. She has two young boys and they need her. We are not close, but I have reached out and have been praying for her. My heart breaks for her kids. Thanks. Is that farm girl? 
Um, it says far, farm. farm girl. I'm sorry. Farm right, girl farm. 134. Okay, Father, we just pray right now for Natalie. And uh, this is a, a prayer to strip away the confusion and to try to reestablish mental health. This is, I, I, I'm going to step back on this. This is, We just need a, a hedge of protection around this and around Natalie. And we need to rebuke yes. any of the demons that are there. We break off Jesus. any of the strongholds that are well. there. And we, we push this back in, the, in this moment in time. We are canceling any contracts spoken or unintended. And may the blood of Jesus build the strength of the stronghold around her. We raise her up and fill her with the Holy Spirit and now bless her and breathe life into her with the power of, of clarity of the mind. And may these demons be expelled. And, yes. and so this is spoken directly to the demons that are haunting her. You have no more authority here. That's right. These are the children of the Most High that stand before you. And we declare this child as a child of the kingdom. Hands off. We raise her up. Bless her. And Father, we, we present her to you to be healed and to be completely removed of any of these forces and influences that have taken her down. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Satan, we bind you from trying to come between this mom and her children. Between this mom and her calling. You cannot have any hold on her in the name of Jesus. I command you to 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 loose your hold on her mind. Father God, I just pray that when she looks at these children, the immense love in their eyes will um, dispel the spells in the name of Jesus. Oh, that she that these spells that have been cast on her mind that are keeping her away from her children will be dispelled when she looks at the love in them and that she will be able to receive this in her soul that will heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we've got um, prayer warriors. Please pray for me. We did that one. Oh, did we? Yep. Oh, yep, we did. Okay, sorry, here we go. Heavenly Father God, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147.3, that's a good one to quote when people say we're not scriptural. (laughs) I'll tell you. I am praying for Mr. D. Mr. D is a Vietnam Army veteran. God, as you know, Mr. D has a lot on his plate. Mr. D sustained a CVA approximately two years ago. Mr. D's wife found him on his right arm twisted behind his head. Mm. My theory is that he that that how he sustained this brachial uh, plexus injury to his right arm. Thank you, God, to for Mr. D's left arm not being affected by the stroke. He was foot. He was he has a foot drop on his left side, but no. L-U-E, loss of function. I'm telling you, I'm not a medical guy. This is I, I can't translate these. I, you ask me. I don't know what L-U-E loss is either, and I've been in a lot of medical stuff. So. so when I initially saw Mr. D, his right arm was purple, and he had zero movement. Now the color is much more improved, and he says he is about 50% from normal. God, as you know, Mr. D has been through a lot when he served in the military. He has experienced trauma. When he served as a police officer after the military, Mr. D witnessed a fellow soldier being crushed and another soldier cutting his arm, uh, getting his arm blown off. When Mr. D has a, was a police officer, he uh, amputated to resuscitate a dead baby, attempted, excuse me, attempted to resuscitate a dead baby. That's horrible what I just said. The trauma has not dissipated. Mr. D has also has a current personal issues. Jesus told me he not to share the, the details. He had, he said, Father knows, just pray up. Father God, please relieve Mr. D from this physical and emotional pain. Please give him rest. Father God, heal him and guide him to, the, to rest. Father God, when he too is too overwhelmed to pray, 
call others to pray for him, redeem his suffering, and restore his life. God is your son's name, Jesus Christ, in the Almighty. Ek Mac. Wow. Okay. So Mr. D needs some prayer. And, uh, you know, we talked about Vietnam earlier today and, mm. and the, you know, we never were supposed to be there to start with. Um, and so the trauma is, is based on doing things that you were never supposed to do that are not your fault. So dear heavenly father, we come before you and we just ask that you heal up Mr. D from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, that you go into his soul deeply and take out the wounds and unpack them and heal them up, that you show him the abundant love that you have for him and may it express itself in its body. Here's Leah calling in. Hang on. Leah, you're on speaker live in the middle of a prayer. Yeah, so the Cantrells are trying to figure out how you guys want them to call in. I've got it right here. I've got okay, the so, on video. Okay, so they just need to click on the link. And, and then I, texted, I texted them a Zoom link and then have them just sit in the Zoom room until I come and get them. And well, we can come and get him right away, actually, as soon as Scott gets into the Zoom. Yeah, I'll get into it right now. Okay, I'm going to finish this prayer. Just tell him Just tell him to click on the link I texted. Got it? She hung up. Sorry about that, Mr. D, but we're going to continue this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that um, restoration is always what you desire. Restoration of the mind, restoration of the body. So I pray that you heal him up. And you set his soul free and set it on fire for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father God, we just continue to pray for a deeper healing. These people have suffered a great deal of pain. Recording in progress. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Tell you, this, 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 this is a zoo. Hang on a minute. Let's see what we got here. Why is okay. this? Leah. Leah. You sent them the wrong link. You sent them the rumble from earlier today. Oh, well, oh, then, well that's then that's a problem. That's a problem. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll send, send it. it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Lord, Lord, you don't want us to pray for Mr. D. I still have an echo. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. You like all that? Is that good? We'll have to figure out what that's going to be like. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know either. So we'll have to see. The devil doesn't want us to pray for Mr. D. No, we don't. I'm going to continue. You got it? Keep going, yeah. All right, Father God, we just want to pray for Mr. D and this uh, to release him from the bondages of, and to break the ties to Vietnam. This is one of these things that there's a lot of legacy that hangs on from the location and we have to go back. We have to release that bondage and that tie and we have to release him and bring it forward so that he can be present in the day. Father God, there's, we have to, we're praying for a man who has served heavily and who has, has truly had wounds at a spiritual level that have not been healed. We pray for the Holy Spirit to fill him, to bless him, to heal those wounds deep within his heart, to lift up that pain and let it be released and we break any chains and bonds that are holding him. And there is there is a demonic hold here that we break and we rebuke. And we, we cast this out in the name of Jesus. And we fill him full with the Holy Spirit and nurture him in a beautiful way. And restore him without the burdens of the past in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going right, to... So now I've, I finally sent the proper link to the Cantrells. Oh, okay. So that's um, So this next one is really important to me, actually, and and because uh, this is from uh, our, our dear sister Nikki in the chat. Can I read this one? Please. Can you include a prayer for me? I stopped smoking. Today is day one of the rest of my life reclaiming my health. I've been a smoker for more most of my life, uh, or more of my life than not. Scott just got rid of the message. Oh, sorry. That doesn't help you at all. <laughs> 
goodness. And I know I have the will to succeed. Now I just need prayers to keep any thoughts or cravings out of my mind, to keep me focused on my reasons to quit, to restore this body Christ gave me back to his temple, for the ability to kiss my husband and not wonder if I taste like an ashtray. Holding um, McKinley, my grandbaby, when she is born in November without having nicotine on my clothes, counting down the time when I can go outside or stop the car to smoke, I'm freeing myself from the bondage of addiction. Thank you, family. Together, we give one another strength. If you feel a God tap to stop smoking, then join me in reclaiming victory over the addiction of smoking cigarettes. God bless you all. Nikki Knight. I had no idea, Nikki, you were a smoker. I didn't know until until Bard's Fest. Well, Nikki, we're going to bless you tonight. We are going to bless you tonight because God wants to set you free from this. And, and who the sun sets free is free Indeed. And I will say this, and I'm going to speak this over you, Nikki. The very fact that you have come to this says that you're free. Now we just have to get your body free from it. Well okay. Said. You are free from this very, very clearly. I mean, that's evident. And we've seen God all over you. As a matter of fact, um, before we get to the prayer, I just want to say that we've been talking about how much we can see God all over you uh, just yes. since Bard's Fest. All of us. Uh, Scott, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Oh, it's very phenomenal. much so. Nikki, you've just come to life, and we're just we're really proud of you and all that you're doing. Yeah. Um, you've just uh, just absolutely taken the social media part for Bars Nation by, by the reins, and you're running with it. Yeah. And we're blessed. And you're in doing so, you're literally expanding the footprint of the ministry of God. Yes. Amen. And here's the here's the good news, guys. Prayer is we're and we are going to pray for absolute freedom from your body in the name of Jesus. But sometimes it helps going into something knowing that there are answers in the physical and it helps you to re receive the spiritual mir miracle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to let you know that we can help you through this and there are answers in the physical to help you through this. And then we will add to that the spiritual and we're just going to pray for a complete miraculous healing that your body just only craves Jesus. Right? Oh, wonderful. And that yeah. you're just completely set free. So Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for my sister, Nikki. I thank you that she's been baptized by fire and that has freed her from this uh, addiction that so easily ensnares so many people. And just like my mom always said, smoking, cussing, and drinking, they're not sins, but they do keep us in bondage to things that we don't want. So Lord God, I just pray that you will, you are going to continue to set Nikki free exponentially, not just from smoking, but going back to the reason why she started in the first place. What was the brokenness? What was the first time? Where, what, when did this happen? And so Nikki, I want you to do this with me right now. I want you to go back to the first time that you ever smoked a cigarette. And I want you to take your adult self with you and take Jesus with you and take it out of your hand and say, you don't need this. You don't want this. You don't have to have this because Jesus is here and he's got so much more in store for you. And then you make it like you never smoked for the rest of your life. I know that this sounds Maharishi weird stuff, guys. This is literally taking Jesus back to memories and allowing him to heal them because God is not linear and he is not based on a timeline. He is from eternal to eternal. And so we can take him back to memories and he can literally heal them. So right now in the name of Jesus, Nikki, I'm going back there with you in that memory. And I am giving little Nikki a hug and I'm saying, you don't need this because you have Jesus and you have us and you have Bard's nation. So Father God, I just lift up Nikki's body 
body to you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that it will be completely detoxed, that she won't even have any cravings. All she will, she'll just feel excited about the call that you have on her life right now. And if there's anybody else that's watching and is in the same exact boat as Nikki, we speak a blessing of freedom in your mind and in your body that you are no longer bound to this uh, addiction or to any other addictions. In the name of Jesus, we set you free and we loose that spirit that says that you are smoking because you are not a smoker. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Father God, we just take Nikki and there's whatever the motivation was, it's caused the smoking to begin. We just want that to surface and be released. Amen. We're going to break the chains from that bondage that it held her to the past. We're going to breathe life into this and speak Jesus over her and raise her up in the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Nikki, at this point in time, nothing in the past is holding you so that there's no more need to return to look That's back, really but now you need to look forward. That's really good. So release this, and we release this in the name of Jesus, and now you walk forward without cravings. Your body is going to begin to heal, and truly you're going to be restored to the glory of heaven and Christ. And oh, Nikki, there's something else. This is really big. I guess mm-hmm. is a word. Wow. Much of what you are dealing with in your, in your sicknesses is linked to these cigarettes. Wow. So we're releasing you from that and praying healing over your body, massive healing, the restoration of your body, and we're setting you free. God's setting you free in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was good. That was Enjoy. really good. Look at that. All right, so we've got the cantrells. They can stick around for the prayer. Are you guys there? You want to say something? Hold on. Let's see. If- Go ahead. You guys in? Paul. Paul, can you say something? Paul, can Paul, you say something? Oh, we got to go with that. With that. How is that going to echo? It's creating an echo because it's feeding through this. No, it's not because this isn't going into your system. No, no. We have all sorts of technical issues. All right, let's see. Paul, can you hear us? Paul, can you hear us? Well, what we can do is we uh, the easiest thing for probably all of us is just to have them call on a cell phone and just let the mics pick it up. All right, we can do that. Good. Okay. Paul, if we can't hear you, so just go ahead and exit out. I'm just calling. And we'll just call you. Just calling. We'll do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, we got two more to do. We can do them later. Let's get on with this. We can do these later. All right, we're going to try to bring in the Cantrells. I'm just going to call Paul right now. It's going to be like... Here we go. Call Paul. This is Paul Cantrell. We're going to call him. You guys have been hearing us talk about the Cantrell family all week long. Why? Because they are literally the figurehead of how family should be done. Can you hear me? me? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, my God. It's a miracle. That's because we're dealing with miracles tonight, Paul. We deal with the God of miracles. All right. You need to check to see if they can hear you on your... I bet they can hear it. Okay. What's that? I said, what's up, family? (laughs) All right. Let's check to see and make sure everybody can hear you. We're going to check the sound up here. All right. I want Bars Nation to give me a 5-5. You can hear Pastor Paul Cantrell. Go ahead and say hello, Paul. Hi, Bars Nation. How's everybody doing? This is awesome. Yeah, they're all loving you. They're there. Someone said it's even a. You're apparently so good. You went from five five to five six. Wow, that's good. He's t- he's a little bit yeah. taller than that. Wow, big thing. That's good. Well, Paul, let's start with some of the news you have on your family of ten. 
Yeah, so I, uh, well, you, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys have talked about it already, but after that, that Sunday, um, Michelle and Leah prophesied about 12 children. You are echoing. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Oh, I thought she was talking. Yeah, about 12 children, and then um, I would say, what was it, three days or two days after we left uh, Barfest, uh, we decided we might uh, want to uh, sex. She was a, a little late, but uh, when um, she's not very far into after having a baby, so sometimes it can just be a little off. And, of course, we went and checked, and lo and behold, uh, the fulfillment of prophecy. So, happened. so in other words, you have another one or two on the way. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. And why do we keep saying two, Scott Kisterson? Well, I'm, I'm just, all right. So number one, Michelle, the prophecy for you, Paul, was 12, not 11, right? That is correct. Yeah, okay. which oddly enough uh, has been spoken over us many times, um, and after every baby, my wife is is always questioned whether that was, you know, <laughs> correct or not. <laughs> so next, I, next, we, Michelle spoke twins over you. Yes. And then today yes. I'm praying with you, and it just like popped out of my mouth and just said the two. Yes. And then the kids were praying an extra name. Yeah. So tell us about that. Your kids were praying an extra name. Yeah. So yeah, we've had. Um, just a, a crazy 24-hour period. Christine wasn't feeling the greatest, and my kids came in, and they started speaking protection and life over not only Malachi, which God gave us that name, but also Luke as well. <laughs> and so uh, at this randomly, which they've never done, and they were going to war saying, speaking life over uh, Malachi and Luke. Wow. So... Um, and that was happening today, which happened multiple times from diff- uh, multiple kids. So um, who knows? We, we will see. But uh, I was telling uh, Scott on the phone earlier, as I'm in a trailer traveling around without a home, and then to have twins as well, as the, as the famous saying goes, I like these odds, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you said something else. Oh, Jesus. I believe that was part of that, wasn't it? Wasn't that it? That's true. That is true. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Paul, so tell us where oh, you guys thanks. tell us where you guys are right now. Well, so right now we're in Kansas City. Um, my uh, daughter's here. Uh, we left uh, Bar's Fest and stopped somewhere, and then we are now in Kansas City here. Uh, a little bit of a holding pattern. Then we're going to go to Oklahoma and then New Mexico. And then we are really leaning into God for what's next. We're thinking we were feeling a little Texas and some people asking us to go there. I'm going to let you guys in on that uh, another time. But uh, we are really just trying to say yes to whatever God says. Uh, just simple obedience, man. It is uh, walking by faith. But uh, 
man, what we've been able to see and have front row tickets to watch, including what the amazing week last week we got to share with you guys. Um, man, you can't uh, can't put uh, words to it. Or um, as I always say, when you say yes to God, you get the best seats in the house. You get the front row tickets. That's the truth. Paul, somebody just asked here in chat, what are the age range of your children? So my oldest piece here is 20, and then uh, my youngest, she is a little over a year. So, um, and then we have, I believe we have five kids, seven and under now. So you have Iana, Elijah, Elijah, Gabriel, Isaiah. You have a cheat sheet. You have a cheat sheet. Yes, because I can't memorize these yet. You promised me a cheat sheet. You didn't get it to me. But we got one, so I, I handed like, I handed it. I, Paul, I handed it. I handed it to Scott, the one you sent to Leah and I. We had this conversation earlier, and I was about to be extremely impressed. <laughs> yeah, I told you. It's because as, as officially Uncle Scott to the family, I, I have not. I, I'm okay, not, keep going and keep impressing him okay. anyway. Uh, Judah? Yes. Yeah. Silas, uh, Adoniah, Gideon, Levi, Zion, and now Malachi King, right? And, Lu- King, and Luke. Yeah. And, oh, and Luke. Let us not forget Luke. <laughs> That's awesome. He's still laughing. It is. It is. Our family is growing in motion as we have this conversation. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, I wanted to tell the uh, girls. Uh, uh, Gabriel said to me today. He said, "You know what I'd like to do for um, Leah and Michelle." He said, "I want to have them all call and say Auntie," because he said, "I know they wanted us to name them Auntie and we- not you." So, <laughs> Gabriel today. I Gabriel, I love you. Oh my gosh, I could give you a big giant hug. Yeah, I just I, feel like it's only and fair. I was like, yeah, <laughs> and so I think you girls would uh, you'd like to hear that you are uh, you're running quickly and gaining on Scott. Yes, a second as well. Yes. Wait a minute. And gaining. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna edge out in front. <laughs> excellent. So we've got anti-resistance chicks. Yeah, and, I love and it. Uncle Bard's Nation. Right. Nice. Well, okay. I mean, to be, to be fair, Scott, you're the one that said you literally um, gained two sisters. So technically, exactly. That that's how that works. Automatically, empty. So right. So it you is. can't begrudge it. I'm not begrudging. You kind of are a little bit. No. You're just jealous. Well, I'm actually pretty happy. <laughs> I'm actually pretty happy because I don't have to hear anymore. Like. Your uncle, and I'm not an auntie yet. Well, you just got it. I did. I did, actually. Yeah. I think uh, clearly I prophesied this child or children, and Leah did as well. So that should definitely sped up the honorary uh, auntie status when you prophesied correctly a child coming. Right. Yeah, that's definitely. That's fast track. It was super fast track. I like to cheat. Christine just got in the truck. Hi, Christine. Hi. Hi. All right. So Christine's been through I the ringer. Do what? I said you said twelve to be exact. I did. I did exactly. And now we're thinking that this Luke is the twelve. So the kids are prophesying Luke. Yes. Could be a number one, number two. So Bars Nation, if you don't, or Resistance Nation, either way, if you don't understand uh, or don't know who the Cantrells are, 
Paul and Christine are the parents of 10 amazing children. Literally, they are little angels. They are. They are. It is the most amazing family you will meet. There is there is such a love in, in, for all of them, and there is they share such a walk with Jesus in their family. And Paul and Christine have committed themselves to this path that they were called to, to go take their family on the road. That's 10 children. That would be Paul driving the super-powered truck with his his fifth wheel trailer. It's a sweet truck. It, yeah, it's a nice truck. And it's a nice trailer that Paul has managed to repair about every single piece on right now because <laughs> he was having a he had quite a start on this trip. And then Christine drives the family truckster behind and they they move across the country and they have been bringing ministry to the people. They've been their children have been ministering to children and it's just literally like the, one of the coolest things you'll ever see and they are the most beautiful children. Uh, I think I've ever I've never seen a more beautiful family. Uh, not ever in my entire life. And as a matter of fact, I keep saying that they literally don't need Levi and Gideon. Like there's too many kids. So you want them? I will take them. Okay. I promise you, I will handle them with love and care. I will. They are like literally. You just want. They're like flowers. You want to pick. I mean, they're just so adorable. Yes. They're they're in, and and honestly, it wouldn't. I would Levi and Gideon. I. It's kind of like when you get get a dog that's been trained. I, I think maybe maybe Silas and up, right? Silas is you still cool. work on the other ones, get them a little bit more trained. But I'll take anybody Silas and up because I need them. Silas is cool. Silas is super cool. They're yeah. all super cool. Every time I turned around, uh, they were all they were all right there. I mean, just literally praying for us, laying hands with us. I could I I, I could call out all of your names individually. I mean, you were just right there, and it was a phenomenal. It. The, and then this is what I said to Elijah. I said, you know how when, and, and he's 15, so I don't know how well he knows this, but I think he gets uh, it. Elijah is, is kind of like the shepherd. No, he's great. I know what I'm yeah, saying, he's but super he keeps, cool. keep he keeps everything, in, in, and he's always looking around yeah, like a parent. Yeah. And does. I said to him, I said, this yeah. is like, having you guys here is like when you have a friend that has a truck, and you're always calling them to borrow it. Because when we're praying for people, and I'm looking around, I'm like, who can I help? Where's my truck? I've got to gotta put a couch in it. There's Elijah. And I call him over. Or any of the other Cantrell kids that I saw them, I would just call them over. And they came. And so here's the deal, too, which is so amazing about the family. When you came in, this is a family that actually just rolls up their sleeves and they're part of things. Yeah. So whether it's taking down chairs, putting up chairs, whether they're going to be praying for people, this is their their commission in life is so clear. Elijah so, took my my minivan, which he doesn't have his license yet, but he took he took my minivan and he drove it down to and he loaded up all all 150 Founders Bibles for me, which is like a huge load. And put it in the car. And then he drove it around and helped me load up the table. And then he drove the, the van back. Nice. A very responsible young man. That's fantastic. I love him. He's he's a, he's, he's literally a like a, a righteous man of God in a 15-year-old body. Oh, that's, yep. So and now, Paul, do you want to tell us about your family? <laughs> <laughs> you there, Paul? I I am there. I am there. I, I am here. And I, that's hard to follow. You know, he, uh, you guys wrote probably one of the best compliments I could ever have as a father about my son. And uh, it was so touching because, you know, when you're parenting, it seems like everything and all your shortcomings get brought to the surface that, you know, you, I don't know, uh, the speed in which you grow when you have children is, 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 uh, is amazing, but they, they bring all your places you know you need to work on. Yeah. To deal with, which is part of the reason they're gifts, right? But when you when you 
on this trip, I've had so many people come to me and say what a blessing my children have been or how they ministered to them. And, and it's like you're in a dream. There's no better compliment yeah. as a parent than when your, your kids are touching and bringing kingdom to earth. So Paul and Christine, can can I come in here and ask a question? The the inquiring yeah. inquiring minds want to know. At what point did you and Christine decide? I mean, was there like a decision we're going to raise up our kids to be super spiritual heroes, or is this literally just how they turned out? Was there like any kind of deciding moment, or it's just like this is the way that we are? You just inherently this spiritually like superhero. Um. I think the decision actually first was to homeschool. That was the first, I think, That's awesome. you know, we, yeah. we always love God, love Jesus. But I think the first big decision that we made was to homeschool. And it was, uh, you know, I, this is, this is a piece of a little nugget for husbands. When you, when you get a word from the Lord and you feel like you need to uh, speak that over and encounter this, Pray that God will speak to your wife for you. Because I remember I was telling my wife that we were supposed to homeschool probably for a year. Wow. And and she was bucking. She didn't want to do it. She said, I can't do it. She gave all the things. And I was very clear that God told me that I was supposed to homeschool my children. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, she, she, she says I. And it is true. So anyway, I, and I, it was getting to a point where it was con- causing conflict in our wow. marriage. because, And I finally, I remember, well, a little, she looked at me, but it was um, causing a little bit of conflict. And I remember I prayed, I said, God, I know you, you uh, have asked me to do this, but you're going to have to speak to my wife. Wow. And, uh, and I remember it wasn't a day or two later, she woke up from a dream. And she was sobbing. Mm. from the dream and in the dream she was walking down our street and uh between two cars what a, a boy about four or five right babe yeah a little kid a little kid blonde hair four or five walks out from in between the cars as she's walking down and points at her and says god wants you to homeschool your children and in the dream she screams no and drops to her knees <laughs> and cries so much so that she wakes me up and she's in the middle of sobbing. I'm like, what happened? You know, I'm thinking like somebody's breaking in. I'm <laughs> crazy. And she, she's like, no, God told me. Oh, my. And this is so funny to me, Christine, because you literally embody homeschool mom. Yeah, like, no kidding. So uh, so when, uh, how did that end up like unfolding? Well, I had been seeking it out for a while and I had kind of started creating community and had friends that were doing it. So, you know, I, I was on the fence. I had did like, like homeschool preschool in California when we lived there. And then we moved and we ended up, you know, it, it was just mowed over so many times and I just felt so ill-equipped. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, I, I just, I wasn't super smart and, you know, I was, I was actually just telling you, Leah, this, and, um, like, I was in special ed growing up, you know, but it was really more probably for attention than anything, but, you know, I just felt so ill-equipped, like, I can't homeschool my kids, you know, like, I'm not enough for this, um, but when I had that dream, 
I couldn't deny it. You know, it was like, okay, God. And he knew. He knows how to get me. Disney dreams. <laughs> and um, it was very clear. It was very, very clear. And so, you know, from there, we just basically dove into it. It was like literally school was starting in about a month or less. And I just grabbed some of the friends that I knew that were homeschooling and said, what are you using? And I kind of just like pulled on their curriculum and started using their curriculum. At that point, I only had my daughter that I was homeschooling. And um, she was coming, you know, she was going into third grade. And then... um and Elijah was four and a half years younger than her, so he wasn't quite, you know, he was doing, like, preschool stuff. So um, I just started with her. Nice. And I really feel like somebody needs to hear that testimony. That, you know, you feel ill-equipped and you feel um, like you can't do it and all the uh, lies that we take agreement with. And I feel like that's so, so powerful because, I think it's huge in where we are right now. I feel like there there are mothers or dads that need to hear that testimony that you just step out in faith and you say yes. And but I was telling Leah, like, in the second grade classroom, there was this substitute teacher that would come, and my daughter would, she's like a detailed person, so she told me all these things. So she was telling me the stories that he would read and how they would always end in a boy and girl kissing. What? And I was like, that's so weird. This is not okay. And I kind of said to her, that's, that's interesting, Ayana. And he was like the favorite person. Like he, everyone loved him. He was this great substitute teacher. And I went to the principal and I said, hey, this is not okay. Like this guy is ending every story in kissing and they're second grade. And so there was this sense of grooming, you yeah. know, that I was not okay with. And so these things kind of lined it up for me, and then God gave me the dream, you know, and it was like, okay, I'm doing this. And so it was really clear that, and, and he was saying to me, like, I want to set your kids apart, you wow. know, and there was this thing apart in that time. So, like, honestly, I was anal. Like, I wouldn't let my daughter watch Disney Channel. I mean, we had watched some Disney movies and stuff, but, like, Disney Channel, I didn't like the way the kids acted. Yeah, And I'm like, I don't want you watching that. So I didn't let her do that. Kind of like, I, I became, you know, just really try, just working on setting apart, you know? Right. I mean, not that we, we do to the T, but um, it was, it was uh, what, what was our spirit man saying and what was best for the kids? Because I didn't want them to go through what Paul and I went through. Right. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch the Disney Channel either. So just for the record. <laughs> But it's so true. I mean, school is where the kids spend 80% of their time. Right. Yeah. So especially in today's um, culture and everything, um, no wonder we're in the situation and what we're dealing with. And that's why they want the state to raise them. So the homeschooling was the first big thing. And then the second huge marker is when uh, we knew that we wanted our kids to operate in the spirit and to know that that God speaks to them and desires a relation, an active, powerful relationship with them. And so we were uh, went to an Awanas for Kids program, which I don't know if you guys know what yeah, Awanas yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. But yep. so we went there and it was this big program, a huge, nice facility. We paid the money, we toured it, 
And we both came back and said, we no. We both went to different classes. Both went to different classes. And uh, we both came back and said, no. Our, we, spirit, we, no. our spirit said a big fat no because wow. all we thought was religion. Mm -hmm. and well, well, you, you do this and get a get you know, you memorize this, you get a star. You, right. Well, and it was your actions. It was then you get God's love in a sense, right? Like it was a very work. And, and I don't want to speak against it because I know people do it and it's, it's wonderful. But for us, it was like Paul had grown up in a lot of religion and it was like we both literally came back and we like went and got our money back. It was like it was a big no. You wow. Know? And uh, but so we said, OK, God, well, we know we, we want to, you know, we need mentorship as far as how to do that with our kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just, I said, okay, God, well, if that's, if that's not it, there's going to be something else. And at the time, I was still um, doing mobile work. I hadn't got my stuff yet. And this guy called me and asked for me to do a job for him. And I, it must have been one of those guys back in the day that got salesman of the year. You know, those guys, those old school shoe salesmen. Yeah. Like yeah. He was talking. And by the end of the conversation, it kind of went like this. I was like, okay, how about this, Dave? How about I do the job, come out, drive way out of my way, do the job for you, and I pay you. And he was like, exactly. You know, I was kind of kidding. And I said, okay, yeah. And I hung up. And when I hung up, God said, I want you to go do that job. Wow. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to go do that job. <laughs> like, this is going to be one of those guys that looks over my shoulder the whole time, talks to me, and doesn't pay me anything. God, very clearly. So I called it. Did the job. Long story short, when I talked to him out there, it was about 45 minutes away. Um, I told him a little bit about what my kids, uh, you know, um, what we have seen, the spiritual where, we, where we're at. And he said, you know what? You need to check this place out. Hmm. They, they do it for kids. And it ended up um, being literally 20 minutes away from there. And it was on that night. And I stopped by there, asked. If they were doing something, they said yes. It was at a camp. I went home, didn't tell the uh, family what I was doing, picked them all up, and brought them in. And when the minute we walked into the in the door, pretty much I got a, one of the biggest words in my life from somebody three feet tall. Oh my gosh! And for week after week, I was going through some tough things, and even with myself. And week after week, I would try to hide behind. A proper there, and I would continue to get my mail read by six-year-olds and eight-year-olds and five-year-olds. I'm not even kidding. And we just brought our three in one night. He would get oh, it was, it was like this. I target on my back. Yeah, and it was like, and it was just speaking one word after another, and it was like wrecking me. And every week that I came. Um, they would continue to speak in into my life and give me words and me coming from religion. I've never seen anything like that. And, and, and I had no defense for it. Wow. And it, it totally was a breakthrough for me and a big part of the way that I even saw myself. And so we started going there and bringing our kids and getting them in that environment. And then I'll never forget the first day that my son is, went up in the prayer line. I think we, didn't we? Have to bribe them with ice cream or something. Yeah, it was yeah. wild. We were going there for a long time before our kids really up there and got in the prayer lines. And, and our kids got up there in the prayer line and they started uh, praying 
and started giving words, and then my son got his uh, fair language, and um, they, one of the biggest things for them, and that's why we, one of the big reasons that we love to go around and see is because what sparked our kids was seeing other kids do it. Yeah, that's that really sense? good. And you know, actually, like, that happened at Bards Fest, by the way, when, and, and in that case, your children were the catalyst for other children. It's true. Right. Yeah, and uh, and so and we call it show and tell. Actually, it, it works so much better to show it. We did a few different places, uh, quite a few different places, even on this trip, and we have been doing it in our home. After that, uh, for years through our church, we just have people bring their kids, and in our living room, we would do the same thing. And uh, we saw massive fruit getting kids together and other kids watching our kids or other kids that are picking it up speak and pray and have a voice. Wow. And, and so that, that, that's kind of been our heart. And we even started doing it in our living room. And then um, we saw another family similar uh, with Devin and they do worship and, uh, and uh, an important fun family. And so, uh, and we just said yes to God to going on the trip, and we do reclaim. That's why we love the, your uh, family revolution. Yes. Because, man, my our spirits jump because we do a thing called uh, reclaiming the family, where we go into places talking about that very thing. Wow. Um, just you guys have on your heart, and we like the uh, sweatshirt I have. We really believe that healthy old families are going to save this country and this nation. You, um, you know, you guys, that is literally the mission of the hour right now. And I just want you guys that when you're watching and listening to, to Paul and Christine here, that they are, and we have claimed them. We own them now, by the way. I don't, you guys are not your own, by the way. We're buying you off by this gifts and go, by the way, um, <laughs> to be the figurehead for this new um, calling that God has placed on our hearts and on Scott's heart to use the family to revolutionize the body of Christ, getting back to yeah. that. And when we, I'm telling you, and I hope that you, it, you reiterate this to the kids because they pray just to remind you guys one more time, they were going to go snorkeling. Do you want to tell that story? Yes. Yeah, important one, Paul, please. Yeah. So, um, it's been a long trip, um, for us. It's been taxing and uh, been very hard ground. Um, it was such one of the reasons we loved coming to your guys' event. It was just, you guys had prepped it. You guys had plowed the ground. You guys had prayed into it. And so when we got to come on that property, there was just uh, such uh, open space, yeah. an open portal for God to come to work. And it was such a breath of fresh air. But uh, on what we've been doing, even going to reservations and going to places that were very religious it was very hard ground so there was very hard uh, work yeah i get and, it and just emotionally and physically taxing so after miami we you know we were tired um our kids had gotten just this weird skin thing and we we were just really burnt and uh someone and my wife and the kids were like man we really need this uh, uh a break you know? yeah i dress so, me uh, i get I it <laughs> so I called, uh, I called, uh, uh, um, Scott and I, and then I just plan on actually, um, flying up and speaking and then 
pulling back so that uh, we can spend some time at the ocean, you know? Sure. And uh, a couple events. One is um, that hasn't happened since I was 12 years old. And this will, this is why you need to be obedient and ask God. I actually lost my wallet. What? It hasn't happened since I was 12 years old. You're wow. joking. But, no, I lost it there. The car, what's interesting is, is all the rough places where that we were, if it was somewhere not good, my cars would have been hit right away and everything. There was not one charge, no nothing. It just vanished. I can't explain it. Other than this, because I lost my wallet, I did not have an ID. If I do not have an ID, I cannot get on a plane. Yeah. Okay. So because of that, it held up enough to be like, wait a minute. Well, maybe what am I supposed to do? Like, have I really asked? Oh, that's you know? good. Really good, Paul. I, and I really asked Father about this. And so I was like, well, I talked to Christine about it, and I was like, maybe there's something bigger here. Like, what's going on? And right about that time, um, our kids had got together. They called a meeting, and they prayed about it. And they prayed and actually reluctantly came together and said, you know what? We hear that we're supposed to go. Wow. And my son's like, but we really wanted to go to the beach. We want to see the coral reef. We want to do these things. But God very clearly spoke to all of us um, that we're supposed to go to Bars Fest. And, that, and man, I mean, every one of them. <laughs> like, even the other one. Like, they Good. love the beach. Like, Hey, hey, Paul. And yeah, they said, and they said this. Yeah, that was right. They said we know we're supposed to go because God wants us to break chains off of people. You don't, and it's and here's this is proof in the pudding. If the fact that your kids being there and doing everything that everyone saw them do wasn't enough, the fact that they heard that they needed to come to start with, and then it actually manifested. And I want to read a comment from somebody here on Rumble that says. Um, listening to Gideon at Bards Fest telling me how to safely light a campfire and then singing around the campfire, listening to them sing Jesus Loves Me while making s'mores, my heart was melting. That's awesome. It's so good. And Gideon is four. Four, yeah, for, okay, for so the wait, reference there. You, you, I hope everybody has caught that. Gideon at four years old. Teaching show, how, to, uh, how to do a campfire. A safety a safely, safe, a safe, safe way to do a campfire. This, these kids, and so guys, um, we're gonna keep talking to um, the Cantrells here, okay? But I want to take the time to say, listen, here, if you watched Bards Fest online, or if you were there at Bards Fest, this event truly would not have been what it was without if, them. if these children had not listened to the voice of the Lord and sacrificed snorkeling to come. And so we have started a give, send, go for them. And this is really, really important. I want you guys to go to www.givesendgo.com forward slash Cantrell clan. That's C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L. That's two L's clan, C-L-A-N. Cantrell clan gives forward slash Cantrell clan. And I want you to donate to them. And here's why there's two, this is twofold read twofold reason, by the way, they are on the tip of the spear of the family revolution. Yes, they are. And they are, they have, they've been doing it. 
they've already been doing it. They did the Trail of Joy with Pastor Devin O'Neill, who was at Bards Fest and spoke. They have been traveling to just various places. They've stood at the Capitol um, in Oregon on the Capitol steps. I mean, there's amazing stories that Paul has. He told a lot of that at Bards Fest. But they are literally laying down their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Paul has a business, and he has got you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of contracts at home that he could go home to, and he could do a job, a J-O-B. But they're not called to do a job for money. They're called to do a ministry, and maybe sometimes their ministry might have Paul doing a job, but they are called to be doing what they're doing. And so um, I want you guys, as a just as a general, we need to support their ministry to go to givesandgo.com forward slash Kentrell Clan and donate. But then as an, another thing, and this is to me the most important, I want to say thank you. I want Resistance Nation and Bards Nation to give a big, giant thank you to the Kentrells for what they did. Because like I said, these kids, they would go from playing to coming back to laying hands. I could call on Christine. She'd be there to pray with a baby on her hip. Um, uh, and, and we could call on Paul at any time. He stayed up with us until two in the morning, a lot of times down there in the prayer. I mean, th this man and his family and his beautiful, amazing wife transformed Bards Fest. Quite frankly, I don't ever want to do another Bards Fest without them. Oh, I'm agreeing. Paul, we've got nine next year, so buckle up. But um, but this here, here's here's the thing, and I want to add some things to this. I really my original request to Paul was to bring the whole family. So when he said he was just flying up, it's not that it's not that Paul's not a great pastor. He and I actually did a great piece over in Bandon and Bandon, Oregon, together. It was really a pleasure pastoring with him in a revival. But the the impact of the family was something greater than he could ever deliver, and it was. And I, so I was happy he was coming, but I wasn't, you know, with nothing personal, but I wasn't as thrilled as, as I had. Come on. So I'm just being honest. Yeah. But they're part of Paul. So it's like, Paul, you can't come without Christine and the kids. So they're part I, of you. I get there on yeah. Wednesday and I'm, I walk in and, uh, Chris and MI are mod because come on down to the trailer. He's got a great trailer and a toy hauler and he's got coffee ready. And I'm, I just, I literally just sat down on his couch and Nikki our, says, our mod, she says, oh, Pastor Paul is here with his family. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? And she goes, Pastor Paul. I said, Paul Cantrell? She says, yes. I said, are you sh absolutely sure? And, of course, I'm trying to race through the, all the speakers list going, who else would be Pastor Paul? Right. Which we don't have anybody. There was only one. Right. So I immediately jump up out of the trailer, walk down there. Just got Paul waking up from a nap, and it is, it was game on from that point in time. <laughs> I, I was so thrilled. Um, to add to this, we would go to two in the morning. Yeah. Okay, every night, ministering and doing deliverance. And what, a member of the Cantrell family, Christine or Paul, would always be there. Yeah. In fact, we had a, a difficult one one night, and um, which I ended up working primarily with myself. And Brian from uh, uh, Glad Tidings Church, and it had to do with somebody with a lot of violence. But Christine actually called Paul. He was down with the family, and he came up to provide backup, and that was 2 in the morning. Wow. So I want, you, I want you to understand this family. They're, they're unlike any family I've ever come across. The love amongst these kids is amazing. The, every one of these children is gifted, beautiful, and unique, and they're just a wonderful family. 
And with this, they are they surround you with love. They surround you with uh, everything that, uh, that that you would you would be amazed with. And it's just an ongoing cycle of a family that is just demonstrates just how what it is when your family is centered in the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's that simple. So we have that give some ghost set up for them, and it is a. Hold on a second. We're in a little bit of a crisis. We're all fine here. Everything's fine. Yeah, this we is just, what it's like at the Cantrell house. Yeah, but with dogs. But with dogs. Yeah. So, um, we, so we haven't given send ghosts set up. We really want you to. We want to support the family. Give them all your money. <laughs> all of it. That, that I, every be, last dime. No, I'm not kidding Leah. you guys. Seriously, um, the Cantrell kids uh, and Paul and Christine really blessed all of us. And we need to help make sure that they can continue doing the ministry that God has called them to do. So if the Lord, if the Lord is leading, which he is, he's leading. Okay. Um, for you to give your Starbucks money up, um, then, and, and that's just the thing, you know, what Paul says, uh, not, not this Paul, like the Paul in the Bible. The Paul. Yeah. Um, let everyone give not of necessity, but of a cheerful heart. And I don't know of any more cheerful giving that you can do than give to the, uh, Cantrell Family feed their children. No, I'm just kidding. They're they're doing the work of the ministry. They're not destitute. They know how to make money. Lots of it. Lots of it. But they're doing ministry. And when you're doing ministry, then a laborer is worthy of his hire. These children gave up a whole week of their lives. So did Paul. And they ministered. I would say this. You know, um, Scott, we don't deal in this kind of crowd, but... There are people out there that are ministers that will charge a hefty fee to come and oh, minister sure. to people, oh, sure. right? Yeah, they just so, came up. I mean, so so I I feel like so, so 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 Scott put a ten thousand dollar thing on the on the give send go right like, like yeah. we're hoping that we can raise ten thousand dollars. We're gonna raise it, but but I'm making a point here. Okay, it's like less than a thousand dollars a person that they brought. Right? Yeah, I mean, this, this is come on. Let's this is yeah, very simple. Right. I mean, it's not that much money. Come on, let's go. No, we're talking, you know, I see what you're going. Yeah, I mean, we have telethon. 10 members it's of the... It's a telethon. This is a jury list. <laughs> there's, there's a, they brought 11, <laughs> right? Didn't they bring 11? No, they brought 11 people, is jury that right? Jury list, telethon. Do we have... Oh, okay. Yes. You, you hold, hold on, Paul. Hold on a second. We're going to get you back. Yes. You set this up. Here it goes. I'm ready. This is a Jerry Lewis telethon style, but it's Bars Nation telethon. We need music, Michelle. We do. What? What? what you want me to sing something? Yes, I do. Please. What what a, we're gonna sing a blessing over this, so go ahead. Oh, jeez. Yeah. We already talked about this before the show. You said you had another song in mind. I did, but it was for the prayers. Okay, well then this is a prayer. Go ahead. I would say I would say Amazing Grace would be. Okay, good. we'll go with Amazing Grace. Okay. All right. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's the blessing we needed on top of this. Beautiful. Beautiful. Come on. And that's awesome. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, 
it's crazy to think that what's happened in the last week and um, when God comes in and makes connections and brings you with people that you feel like you've known forever, it's just such a blessing. And uh, just to hear you guys with passion about family and even you guys are getting to the true bitter root, you know. Me and Christine, the biggest thing we do when we talk about family is we say, first, you got to be fathers and mothers. First, you got to know your sons and daughters. So we usually do inner healing and deliverance with people. The best thing you can do, and I just say that to everybody there, and why I believe uh, it was such a family affair um, that week, is people left there knowing that they're sons and daughters so that they can be fathers and mothers. Wow. That's so good. Did you guys tell them the word that we got um, about the prodigals and sowing seed? So a lot of you have prodigals, um, and some of the reason might be that you didn't want them to begin with. And some of your kids, you may have spoken death over them in their lives. And this is a word that's just coming to me. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you've ever thought to yourself, if you've ever um, thought or said to your child, you know, this is too hard. I wish you weren't here. I wish they weren't here. I'm, I'm talking right into the mic. I don't know what's the deal. She's like, you're good. You're, you're good. My, my big little sister here. Be in the mic. Be in the mic. If you've ever uh, spoken death in your heart to um, the life that God has in you, then that will manifest. And I'm not saying that every prodigal is a result of your um, your words. We're trying to get Z- oh here we go. We got another we got another pup up here on this hard bench. You guys are so cute. See how can you have too many puppies? Well, I think you can have too many dogs. Like seriously, they outlaw them or something. But. We want your kids to come home. God wants your kids to come home. And there are open doors for the enemy to come in and attack. So you want to close off all those doors. And I was wondering, Paul, if you and Christine could talk about when you're frustrated at your kids, how do you keep yourself from speaking those words? Ooh, that's the million-dollar question, right? I, you know couple things one um some of the best especially uh in the heat of emotion some one of the best advice i got is don't enter into the situation until um you're not emotionally charged Mm -hmm. right even if it's a two-year-old freaking out they'll be okay take a walk around the house around Mm -hmm. the block Whatever you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, it's time that you can actually connect. You know, I, I fortunately we we all parent um, from the place of, of how we were parented, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's there's these cycles that come, mm-hmm. and, we, and we need to heal. But in the process, as you as, as you're healing. Um, one of the best, at least as a dad, recommendations I got was, man, take a second. When something happens, um, put, separate, put them in the room till you are ready to come in, not emotionally charged. Um, something 
I've learned along the way. I love um, loving your kids on purpose. Yeah. That we've read. And um, also, I have a lot of boys. I have seven boys. So I've read this other book about the art of nurturing boys, the wild thing. Great book. Fabulous, strong Christians. And Love and Logic is a method that I like to use. It's basically, um, it's allowing them, it's allowing to ask questions and allowing them to regulate their own emotions. Mm. I don't always do it well. Of course, there's times where we lose our temper and, you know, I spaz out. But most of the time, you know, we say, be good question ninja. We want to make sure to say question ninja. And then also, um, we talk about like the love zone, right? So, hey, if they're upset or they're really mad, hey, no problem. I'm sorry you're upset. Go in the room until you're ready to come back into the love zone and we can talk. I'd love to talk to you when you're ready. And you use statements like that or we say, um, that's not being part of the love zone. So if you need to, that's fine. If you want to be angry or lose your stuff, and you have to kind of be okay with that because they have emotions, you know, yeah. and they're going to go through stuff and they're going to go in their room and they might break things and they might throw things and they might be angry. But when you can disconnect your own emotion and, yep. and you know, they say the big red button of disrespect. And so many parents get caught up on that, like, oh, you're disrespecting me. You better, da, da, da. you know, and it's, hey, no problem. I'd love to talk to you when you're ready. Mm. Doesn't mm. sound like you're ready. Doesn't sound like you want to be part of this team. You know, we say that a lot. Like, this is where we're going to be part of a team and we're going to be in love. That's good. And so we'll we'll have them step out and say, okay, go in there until you're ready. And so my kids a lot of times will go in and I'm ready, I'm ready. I do that with my two and four-year-olds. I'm ready, I'm ready, Mom. Are you ready? You're ready to be in the love zone. That's so cute. We talk about it. And so I've really learned from those... um, you know, just gaining wisdom from the books and from prayer. And, you know, they're, they're strong Christians. Also, you know, one of the things that these, they're, they're two counselors and they say in there, and I think it's important for parents to hear mostly for parents of boys, because this is the art of nurturing boys, this book, they say, you know, they've done a thousand counseling sessions and they all come in going, is this normal? Mm. Boys are wild, you know, and he and he talks about they need a place to kick and sword trees and punch and wrestle and be wild, you know, and we've so tried to rip this part of boys out of them and we say sit down and be quiet and do school or, you know, these kinds of things and we don't allow them to be boys. My boys draw zombies, you know, shooting uh, stuff. They do. They draw all my one son. He wants to all he wants to do is you know, write about, you know, a zombie apocalypse story or something. But it's it's like, okay, dude, you're a boy, you know? Like, it's okay because he has a great heart. They all have great hearts, but that, they draw action. Yeah. And so sometimes people get really caught up on these things thinking, oh, my gosh, something's, you know, wrong. But they actually, they say that they're, they're like, verb-oriented, and they draw action, right? Mm-hmm. They're... My, I'll say to my, uh, as a big joke, like my house is one big sound effect mm. because the boys will be running around making sound effects all the time. <laughs> and so learning how to help them regulate their emotions, you seem angry, you know, communicate well with them and try to 
disconnect your own emotion is huge. No, that so was really one good. One thing I would say that's a big change is so many times as parents, we're looking be for behavior modification and not looking at the heart. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good word, Paul. Yeah. Hey, one thing I want you to add here, because there, we have to kind of frame how you're living. I mean, you guys are yeah. living in a trailer, large, but it's trailer, and yeah. and that's with 10 kids. So, I want to say, uh, like, we care about the heart. There's something that in that book that hits me is nothing's worth sacrificing the connection with them. Yeah, mm. relationship. It all comes out of relationship. Everything. All, everything we do comes out of relationship. We pull them in everything we do. And as far as growing him up in the Holy Spirit, what I'll share is you just bring him into worship time with you and your devotional time with you. We'll just spend some time in oh, our living good. room. And, you know, it's messy. It's not quiet. It's not perfect. You know, even Isaiah, I'll never forget when we first started doing that and just playing worship music on or singing. And then we would just say, mm. repeat after me, dear Jesus, what do you want to say to us today? Yeah. Be something as simple as that. And we just try to be as quiet as possible, and it wouldn't always be quiet. And I'll never forget my son Isaiah was hanging upside down making dolphin click sounds or something, and I don't think he's getting any of it. And all of a sudden he jumps up and says, I got something to say, and speaks a word straight from heaven huh. and fire falls. I didn't think he was hearing a thing. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, that's awesome. The kids do not process or learn or or catch the same way that we do. Right. And so I release the parents to, to, uh, of uh, thinking that it has to be a certain way and let it be messy. It's got to be messy. Yeah. You know, you might only be able to keep their attention and still in the room for worse than for 10 minutes maybe or something, but you got to start somewhere. Just start bringing them into the presence. You know, something that uh, somebody we run with said that uh, so powerfully said, and it's really how we parent, is, uh, you know, you host, God said, host my presence and I'll raise your children. Mm. So, Paul, could you, they're wondering if you guys could repeat those books again. Oh, yeah, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk is a huge one. And then uh, The Art of Nurturing Boys. The Wild Things. The Art wild of Nurturing things. Boys. Was the number one tip in that book to not send them to public school indoctrination centers where they'll be inside for the yeah. best hours of the day? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's... I mean, logic is yeah, a, it's crazy. Um, love and logic is that. It's not necessarily, like, Christian, but it's so amazing because you're creating um, critical thinkers. You're creating where they have to figure it out, you know, and that's the heart of it is that you're not trying to figure it all out for them all the time. You're trying right, to you're always trying to make them. Yeah, you try and empower them that their choices matter and that their choices are powerful and dramatically affect their environment and their life. Yeah. That's right? fantastic. How many times have we seen it? We see it all the time, especially in the church, when it's this behavior modification because you don't want to make your dad kill you right mm. or your mom mad or whatever and then what happens when they leave the house and mom and dad isn't there anymore they got to learn all the hard lessons the hard way right mm. because they never had a chance to see that their choices dramatically infect their environment and that are powerful and this view we're, we're trying to get them to navigate freedom yep. 
how are they going to navigate freedom in our home? And if they, we don't put a place where they can learn to make mistakes and grow and realize that their choices matter, then we're going to send them out like lambs to be slaughtered in the world the minute they leave our house, right? And so it's a question, the difference between looking at behavior modification and truly caring and looking at their heart. Mm. Paul, what's the goal for the ministry with the family? The goal for the ministry as a family is to teach that two things. A, that we need to be know that we're sons and daughters so that we can be fathers and mothers. And the second truly is that there's no junior Holy Spirit. And the kids carry uh-huh. the same anointing and authority that we do. Come good deal. on. That's good. Yeah. yeah um, Anna, you and know. It's a really show and model family, right? Well, we want to see families redeemed. Um, you know, you had said uh, at Bard Fest, the ancient path. And I actually have this book called The Ancient Path, and you were speaking about Jeremiah right? And those ancient paths. And, and he talks about going back to the ancient path mm. and going back to uh, the power of blessing our children. Mm. And there's actual biblical blessings that kids are supposed to get. Yes. Like conception, yep. you know, like three or four blessings that they're supposed to have is before they're even one years old. Mm. Um, and it's very strategic the, the way that they did it in biblical times to bless their children. And okay. it was upon conception, and it was upon birth, and then after birth, um, right, when they did circumcision. And then um, it was again, I, I, I read the whole, and I forget exactly, but oh, yeah, like when they're becoming manhood. And then in the end, they bless you uh, as, a, as adults and mother and father. Oh, wow. And we've gotten away from this blessing. We've gotten away from... Um, honoring and blessing our children and honoring and blessing them and their, and as they grow. And that's actually where I believe a part of this, you know, these lies get in because they don't know who they are, you know. And here we have this transgender and we have so many broken, depressed kids because they've got cell phones, no connection. Right. And we want to teach about connection again. As my husband said, that that's actually one of the biggest things that we hit on is connection. And the thing is, is that it's not worth the connection and the relationship. But the problem is, is so many parents are so disconnected these days. We don't see what's going on in our children because we're disconnected. And we haven't dealt with our own inner man and our brokenness. And so God is really calling. I mean, listen, we've came out of of drugs and addiction and um you know, promiscuity on my end, like just so much brokenness. You know, I was, I was saying, uh, you know, there was so much unfortunate things, but God, we knew that God had something for our family. We knew that we wanted more. Mm. We knew we wanted healing. And, 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 and it wasn't like we got it all perfect because there was years and years and years of this where we still had to go through these cycles and this brokenness raising our children. But we, when you don't give up, you win. Mm. And when we pursue Jesus at all costs and we pursue his heart, he teaches you that nothing else matters. Mm. And when we, when we understand that it's intimacy and connection with him, that's why it's so important for us to have intimacy and connection with each other and with our children. 
you know, and we're just such disconnected people. And so our heart really is to teach those ancient paths again, Mm -hmm. to teach the way that God intended for family to be, and that we are actually called to be connected to our kids and connected to our families Mm -hmm. and connected to the community in healthy ways. We're very disconnected. And that's actually why you see so much depression and anxiety and sure. obesity and all these things that you're seeing. Yeah. And it comes out of that, honestly. No, you're you're exactly right. And when when I meet your kids, when I see your kids, you can tell that you are speaking life into your kids and over your kids. And you know, I hear so many parents who complain about their kids. And we're, you know, we're all, we've all been kids at some point. We've all made mistakes. And for my, for my own part, I tell, I always tell this kind of story growing up. My mom would say, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And I always thought she meant it. Of course, my mom, God really loves me and he has a wonderful plan for my life. And then when I became an adult, she told me that she would say that when she was frustrated at us. Uh, But I believed it and I felt it and, you know, that she would switch the anger or the frustration and she would speak life. And that's that's to everything in our lives, guys, and especially over your kids. If you see bad behavior, this is the same thing of healing your own memories. You can you can help bring healing to your children so that they don't end up like you. So they don't end up like they, as adults needing inner healing. So you can stop it from happening. You can start speaking life Right when we need yeah. to speak life, you know, before the yeah. death comes, you know, before before the drug, the drugs come, before all that, the alcohol comes, before yeah. any of that. You say, no, God loves you. And you say it to them over and over and over again, especially when they're making mistakes. And, you know, I know a lot of parents, they, they, they send their kids to public school and then they've got to deal with all the aftermath of, of public school and all these things. But I'll tell you what. God's giving, this is kind of like a time of reprieve because everybody's been, we've all had to grow up in in this world that we, that we live in and it's pretty grody. And right now I would just say, everybody take the, the time to do a great reset, do the reset, allow the Lord to speak over your life and speak over your children. Can you guys, uh, talk to that about maybe redeeming childhood and redeeming, um, situations are starting right now. Maybe they're like, wow, I never knew I could do this. How do I start speaking life and, you know, fostering this environment? Well, one thing I would say, and he talked a little on it, is don't underestimate the power of saying I'm sorry to your children. Mm. Wow, you said that, and so did Pastor well, Devonese. What's that? Pastor Devonese said the same thing, um, the um, the black yes. pastor that came. She said the same thing. Yes. Wow. yes. And not only apologize to them, but see, let them see you apologizing to your wife, mm. to your husband. Sure. To come together, do family meetings. You know, this is like a rough... We, so this is about family meetings, and this is somewhere that you can everybody can start. Is you get together and you start consistently having family meetings, and nothing can come, and this includes with God, right? Everything comes out of relationship. Everything comes out of relationship. 
So if I had to pick one thing you, um, just families could do out there is you start making consistent yep. time and you say, hey, we're calling this family meeting, and in this family meeting space, it's safe. And you guys have freedom to say whatever they're on your heart, and you will not be punished and you will not be in trouble. Mm. We are here. And we, do. and we want connection with you. Mm-hmm. We love you. And you open it up as their parents and say, we're sorry we haven't got it right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I picked my phone over you. Oh, wow. I'm sorry that I picked my job over you. Oh, wow. I'm sorry that I haven't been there for you. I don't know how to do it right, but I'm <laughs> trying, and I know that God can help me be a father to you. That's so good. And so will you forgive me for, for these things? And I, when you do that, something breaks open Yeah. in their life. And you might not see it right away, but there will be something opened in a lane open, and you consistently start to have these family meeting times where maybe it's just over dinner. Maybe it's just in your living room. And you can say, I am here for connection with you because I care. And you guys have the freedom to speak about anything, and you will not be punished. Mm-hmm. And you will not be in trouble. And no, I that's just good. want connection with you guys. Well, and that's actually one of the things that this book is kind of, you know, shifted your mindset that punishment was under the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good. and love is actually conquers all. And so, you know, there's a there's natural consequences. Yeah. But the reality is is that we get so focused on punishment based mm-hmm. um you know, behavioral modification. Uh, modification, which is punishment-based. So we want to, you know, as parents, and I was guilty of it for a lot of years and kind of leaning too much into the punishment-based piece, and the Lord really showed me through that. And so the, what I see with kids, like a lot of kids will come and talk to me and share their heart with me, mm. but they won't say anything to their parents because yeah, they will get in trouble. all the time. And so, you know, our kids that came to us with stuff that is, is, you know, that maybe you wouldn't normally think that kids, or they tell us all the things the other kids are telling them, or, you know, all, I mean, they talk to us about everything. Okay, so wait, wait. I don't react. I got a question. Is this, does Gideon, how, Gideon's four years old, right? Yeah. He knows how to light a fire. Yeah. Because I got a comment here that says, did you ever read this one? How is it that your four-year-old knows how to light a fire? I want to know Because this. he's Paul's son. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because, because, because Paul takes him and says, kid, if you're going to eat, you're going to light the fire. <laughs> that's awesome. Teenager. We call him a... Yeah, we call him a three-nager for a while. Three-nager. Three. Yeah, uh, I'll never... I never forget, you know, Gideon and Levi, they wear the same clothes. Levi is the brawn and Gideon's the brain. And I remember when, right before we came on the trip, I went out the trailer and Gideon got Levi to pull one of the storage bins out to get one of the barbecue lighters. And they had it over. They have toys and everything, but no, he had to get the barbecue lighter, and they were trying to open the propane tank. <laughs> Why? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Dear, dear Jesus, Wait a I plead a hedge of protection oh over gosh. the Cantrell kids at all In times. Jesus they, no they got big old angels. Ever Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen. Mostly with Gideon. 
was climbing fences, six foot fences at 18 months. I'm not, I'm not kidding. He would take keys. He would steal my keys at 18 months, like younger than 18 months, this little peanut of a dude, Gideon. And he, I, I had so much PTSD with him because he would steal my keys, climb the fence, and try to get into cars. My neighbor called me, and he says, I think across the street from my house, and he's like, I think your son's in my car. He broke mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about in your car? He's like, I think he's got keys, and he's trying to start it. Oh. <laughs> he grabbed my wife's keys out of her purse, climbed over a six-foot fence, opened the neighbor's car, and was pre- proceeded to shove her keys in the ignition trying to turn it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Paul, Paul, Christine, all week we've been getting kind of just we've been getting the the word that is to the root. And I know you've been listening to uh, our shows and I and I'm just going to ask you to comment on some of those because we've really been pushing to the root and the restoration of the family all the way down as deep as it goes. And really a lot of um, where we've been sitting here and what and this last five days or so it's really been very clear that we have to get down to the root of the fundamentals of the family and really open up that gateway to allow God to dictate how many children, not us to restore men, especially when we get into the vasectomy to restore that and to realign. And this is probably going to get a little bit personal, but you can go as far as or not as you want, but to realign the intimacy between the husband and the wife through the Holy Spirit, not through the flesh. Your thoughts? Well, I, I to kind of frame that one more. You know, I wonder if Christine, if you're comfortable sharing uh, what you share with me uh, on the phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> well, the first, um, uh, to be fully honest with the situation we're in, I haven't had a whole lot of chances to listen to you guys. We did a well, little bit today. To the today. But what was so amazing about it is what I heard even the last few days about the root, I heard from the root to the fruit, right? And Mm. what I love about what you guys are dealing with, we thought we were dealing with the root, but it wasn't. Mm. It was farther up from the root with the healing of the sons and daughters, knowing that their sons and daughters could be father and mother. We thought that was the root. Mm. I really did. I, I had no idea of the of the, the birth control side and the, the Margaret Singer side that came into this country and where the birth control idea came from. Oh, and wait, can I stop you there? Things. Wait, wait, young man, what? young Paul Cantrell. What? I have I, I know of a secret. 
I know of a secret you you didn't know about this with Margaret Sanger, and uh, confess to me right now you di- you you did not know until we we started talking about this. Is this true? Well, I knew she was Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I know she was. Well, I know a secret, okay. don't I, Christine? Yeah. What's the secret? Let's hear but about I the daughter's the paper, Paul. That you yes, didn't read, I, obviously. I, I, I didn't read the whole thing, though. I, I confess, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read the whole thing. Tell, the, tell the world thing. about the paper. It was her thesis for um, high school. She wrote about Margaret Singer and their oldest daughter. Um, abortion. Oh, wow. Her uh, oldest she wrote daughter. A thesis on it, and which she is really yeah. intense. It was very intense. It was intense. And then I wanted to. I wanted to tie my tubes before we went on this trip. I wanted to, I said, babe, so God's been telling me 12 for a while. Yeah. And um, he blames me for for some reason. Well, because you're the man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he would literally yell at me every time. It's your fault. You want 12. And I said, babe, you think this is my idea? <laughs> this is not my idea. You're awesome. This is not my idea as I'm chasing around the three- and four-year-old. And even today, as she was down, I don't even know how she does it, man. She was down for two days. I'm, like, trying to cook and chase these guys and, like, do all the things. I'm exhausted, It's good man. for you, man. You need to work out. I fully understand it. But my point is, this was not my idea. This is not my yeah. idea. All right, but what I was going to say is I wanted him to get sewed up. That wasn't good. I wanted to get sewed up. And I was like, I'm done, you know. I feel like the Lord's saying I'm done, which obviously I wasn't, you know. But I was, like, saying that it's too much faith. I, I, I'm saying that's a scary place to be to say, <laughs> say that, um, you know, I don't tie my tubes or something, you know. And my mom's, like, tie your tubes. Everybody. The whole nine yards. And the thing is, is it didn't happen because it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't allowed to happen. And then... I was going to get on birth control. And my daughter was like, Mom, no. She's like, did you read my paper? She's like, that is so horrible for you. It's horrific. You know, and um, I was like, okay, uh, I didn't fully read it. You know, like I felt really convicted by it. And, you know, because I was busy running around toddlers and the whole thing. Really, it's no excuse. I still so Ayana wasn't there at Bard's Fest. She's 20 and she's at IHOP right now. And she, her paper that she wrote, her thesis, we were just discussing this on the phone. And I was like, I was kind of shocked, but not, but not really that the Lord would actually lay this on your oldest daughter's heart. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I guess what I, when I, I knew about Margaret and everything, but I didn't make the full connection that that was at the root of breaking families, right? It was, mm. you know, I, I thought of it as eugenics and killing babies, but really that's at the root of family. Yeah. You know, it, what you guys are doing is finish our sentence. Like, it, it, well, it's to what it's what you guys have been speaking into, and, and Scott, with your vulnerability, which is, Breaking, I swear, when you told me about on the phone yesterday of you sharing that you wanting to get the reversal of the, vice, uh, the vasectomy and what you're doing and being that vulnerable, it was like I could hear the snaps and the breaks of necks of oppression over men. Wow. 
and and and, and what you guys are talking about uh, the birth control and the history that you guys that I have to go watch just from the little bit that I've heard and you told me about uh, that it being illegal and that she was actually called the uh, uh, she devil and you you can see the the root that's the root yeah it's the root it's before it, it's it's stopping the family even before it has a chance even come close to manifest. Wow, that's so good. You know, I was talking to your wife. These guys are just, go ahead. No, I was talking to your wife, and I'm just going to kind of put her on the spot right now because the Lord is telling me to. Oh, I'm we're shocked. Kind of, yeah. So uh, yesterday we were away. yesterday we were praying, um, man, over the Cantrell kids, and just hearing that before this trip, um, that Malachi King may not have been possible. Um, that you have a choice and I think that you're picking it up. And I think I know that Paul gets this, but you get it even more. And you guys have been traveling and you've been ministering, but this is now your message if you so choose to take it. (laughs) And this will bring Ayana into her her calling because the Lord already showed it to her with her siblings they're all supposed to be here and that there's a lot more kids that are supposed to be here and we get we're we're rightfully so angry about abortion right yep but we you know you were telling me Christine that you do women's ministry and I said so do you ever tell them that they shouldn't use birth control and you're like, what was your, what, what was your, what did you say? No, I, I said, no, this is, this is really new, like Paul was saying. Yeah, but you practice it. But the crazy part is, is I, I really have obviously never used birth control. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it. This like, is one of those things that no one we had to teach prayed. you. Yes, but you see. I'm stubborn. You yeah, get but, okay, it. But it's, it, there's At more a visceral than, level, they get it. Yeah, you do. I mean, there's more to this than being stubborn. Come on. I mean, okay, so, I mean, somewhere in there's a couple of things that I'm hearing that I think that are important to, to say. One is there is a true listening to the nudges of God, which is important yeah. here. Paul, you talked to me yesterday. We, we had a great conversation about the pressure you were put under in your community mm. of men to have a mastectomy. For correct? real? Oh, yeah. Correct. Other Everyone. men are telling you what to do with your genitals. Uh, yeah, that would that's kind of homosexual, isn't it? No, it's just the thing because it's I, all about freedom from. It's all about back to the same thing, the root. No, that's what I mean. I believe I don't. I mean, if a man's talking about another man's genitals, I think that that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> tell him. Tell him. Tell him what to do with his genitals. But to what Scott said, even when they talk to me. Because, like, it is a selfish, becomes a selfish flesh uh, act. Yeah. Right? Right. You know what I mean? There's no, it's just the the flesh, like you said. And you got to connect so many dots on that part. But it's also, like, people, like, I, I say to people, and I've said, like, well, we pray about it. We pray about each kid. And, like, we ask God if we can. That's their name. You know, and I yeah. said, I know that might sound a little weird or whatever. And I remember this point in my life when I had had, like, seven kids. And my friend actually came from a big family. She was this awesome Russian 
um, girl. I love her, love her so much. I mean, I don't, I, they moved to Texas, but we still keep in touch. Emma, if you're listening. But um, she said to me in the coffee shop, she said, Christine, don't die back on how many kids you have because mm-hmm. people will treat you weird. They do. You know, they treat oh you Everywhere we go. Some places I've gone and they're like amazing. And it's like, wow, people really like kids here. Like, for instance, the Bard Fest, everybody was super loving and really um, <laughs> embracing to me and the kids. And it was really beautiful because there was a lot of that embracing and love. And certain places you go to, they don't look down upon you. You know, they, they look at you and they say, oh, wow. But there is a spirit. And it will it will come again when you make those decisions. And so I remember when she said that to me, she looked at me and she said, Christine, you have a big family and it's beautiful. Do not shine back from saying how many kids you have. Yes. Yeah. Say it with a cringe, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, so hold but on, hold I on, do- Christine. And this is really good because this is literally, you just spoke life. That's right. And that's what that's really at the root of that. I mean, you're speaking life into that when you're saying that. You're not saying this is it. You're proudly speaking how many you have. This is really beautiful. And you have to, and you have to start, you know, the the mantle comes on both ways. Yes, kids are a blessing, but the point is this, and and we were having a discussion. I'm 42. I don't have any kids because I prayed about it (laughs) because he said he hasn't said get married yet. And so, you know, when I looked at the Cantrell kids, I was like, oh, look, there's a 10 kids you know, I always wanted 10 kids, and God had always put it on my heart that life and death are, are in the hands of the Lord, and that in, in yeah. a marriage, the desire of a husband for a wife is that they should be fruitful and multiply. And when you can anybody show me one biblical precedent of any biblical family limiting the number of their children, just one, on purpose? Yeah. No, but you see You're the right. opposite. You see the opposite. Yeah. You see every single Every single couple always asking God for more. Now, what's very interesting is I don't know if the Hebrews just have a have like problems having kids, but or or God just really wanted to highlight that life and death are in his hands because there were several Bible stories about women. You have Hannah and Samuel, you know, Abraham and Elizabeth, and even, you know, with Mary and Jesus. All these are very, you know, miraculous births. And when you read some of the curses in the Bible on your enemies, it says, Jesus, God says, I am the one who opens and shuts the womb. And when we open and shut the womb, that's what I'm trying to tell people. It's not like, oh, go get married and have a bunch of kids. No, God is the one who opens the womb. God is the one who closes the womb. And, and, And actually, if a curse is, he says, I will curse your enemies and I will close their womb. There's a big one right there. I mean, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, well. What I wanted to say, which is interesting, is when I go people and I tell I'm, I'm pro- I probably have spoken spoken for a while. I'm very proud of the, the kids I have, but I am proud of them, and I also love people to watch people's reactions. Mm-hmm. And I already have the questions they're going to ask me, and I always got, I got the real good comebacks, you know. Look so at these. I'm already ready. You got to see these comments. Okay. But this, you're not strange. Just real quick, just real quick. My dad is the oldest of 12 kids. My grandma is the oldest of the 10 kids. We are the outliers. This was normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's so normal. Good. Yeah, yeah. I am one of 11. Yes. See? It is. 
And you know what's interesting, though? All the people that look at me that way, especially in, you know, Portland area where everybody's drinking the climate change Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. they, you know, look at me like, oh, the yeah. footprint and all that stuff. Yeah, taking you know too much crazy? oxygen. They're all under the ages of 60. Yeah. Anybody over the age of like 55 or 60, mm-hmm. they all look at me with jealous eyes and say, I wish I would have had more children. Come on. Yeah. So, Paul, this is interesting. I want to I want to touch on Portland real quick because I think it's kind of a real it's very symptomatic of what we're yeah. looking at across the country. And I, I want to go to the the conference that you and I were at up there in Portland. And I just find this very interesting because we obviously, I mean, there's a problem with pastors in Portland, and and it's it was from there that I got my name, or I got I gave the name to them, the Skinny Jean Pulpit. But um. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. But the the fact of the matter is, well, the fact of the matter is that the strength of the pulpit in Portland are all the women pastors, mm. and and so this is it is so contradictory in that principle because they're not they're not pushing for more kids; they're pushing for more sermons. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Because of the men not stepping up, there's left a huge void. Yeah. A and they can't. Void. They can't because they're looking at yep. porn. 80% of men are yep. looking at porn. And so they're yeah. totally uh, inverting what God has created. And what and that goes to, we're going to the root. We, we, we hit porn. Yeah. We hit sex trafficking. We started sex trafficking, right? Right. And then pornography. Right. And then we just kept going back because this thing, as yeah. Paul said, has a root. And it's going to keep shooting yes. up until we just get to the root. Getting close. 100%. We are, and I think we've all felt not only the um, the flack that we're over the target, but also we feel the power that we are getting extremely close mm. to what God is in heaven is saying where the root is and where to pull. Because um, every this family revolution and you guys talking about pornography, which is huge, important issue and you know i don't know we're not gonna we can we can get together over a skype and i love having you guys on the phone but um well while scott's here this is just a really important episode that we're having right here and we're we're laying the groundwork actually and i really think that we are sending you guys out with a new mission and new ministry and i've felt it since um we saw you guys there that Paul, your mouth and your voice has been silenced by the words that you've been listening to from other people. Destroy the lies and the death that people have spoken over you. And in the hospital, Christine, you have to do inner healing on yourself. Uh, those who would you know, ask you these questions, the things that your mom said to you, these they're literally trying to kill your children. So who are we listening to? That's the good word. The enemy only has the power when we make agreement with it. It's so good. 
when we have done that, we have actually given the enemy the authority to wreak havoc on our mm. kids. Right? Yeah. Cold-blooded, hard truth. But we got to start there or we're never going to get back. No, that's so good. No, crazy. You're right. You're right. My spirit screams, you're right. I know it. And but this is... I think this is also part of where your where your provision is going to be. Uh, the the Catholics are probably going to knock on your door in a minute and say, "Hey, you want to partner up?" <laughs> it's true. It's true. When, we're gonna um, somebody should put in the Rumble chat, Michelle, the um, Margaret Sanger um, episode that we did. We called it Margaret Sanger Eugenics and Population Control, and we we. We purposely didn't call it birth control because birth control is too sanitized of a word. It's literally population control. And it and it starts with Margaret Sanger. Before all of that, population control, birth control was literally illegal. It was you could it was illegal in every state to even talk about it, to send anything in the mail about limiting children. It was illegal in every state. Paul, Christine, what does your spirit say about how how was there a switch? You know, you you maybe you don't know the history. What is it spiritually? Why was there a switch that for all of Christianity, everyone welcomed children? And then just within the past 50 or 60 years, Christians got this epiphany. Hey, you know what? Life is kind of hard. Things, you know, get expensive. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't care really what Christians thought for, you know, the first, you know, 2000 years of Christianity. Um, and then there's this huge switch. And even in, in, in law in the law. What does your spirit say about that? We put self on the throne. Mm. Self on the throne. Same thing that why the Satan got cast out, right? We thought we could be the gods of our own reality. Mm. That's so good. That's it right there, buddy. We thought we could be the gods of our own reality. And what is what what are the results, Paul and Christine, of uh, of humans being the gods of their own reality? Yeah, we uh we are all live looking at it and living in it in this nation, right? It is it is literally stolen the destiny of this nation. Yeah, that's so good. Because when you are Thinking you're the god of your reality, you are lost in your identity. And if you get to questioning your identity, you will steal your destiny. Because none of us can be gods of our destiny, then it's just Satan. So I think, Paul, I think what we're hitting on here is it's pretty significant. And by the way, we are back up on Podbean. Little um, technical yeah. issue there. I unplugged it. Just say it. I stepped <laughs> I be- on the plug. <clears throat> I was sure trying to be nice about that. Michelle unplugged it. There, that's what happened. I was hey, trying to be professional. Brutal, brutal accountability. That's it. There's breakthrough in it, girl. Come on. So, Paul, I just want to. I think what we have to get to too here is in order to get to the root, we're going to have to be brutally honest. Yeah. And I, I think that like one of these things that when we're talking about. And we start to get into the the, the position of men, mm-hmm. and we start to look at the function of eugenics, and what it was targeting all along. Because birth control was a pass through; it was simply a trap to get women to point the finger at men to say men weren't taking the responsibility to limit children, which leads them then to put the pressure on men to get vasectomies. That's my personal opinion. 
and or the wealth or the welfare system, same thing. Right. So the there is something here though spiritually, and and I and just like to get your opinion on it because this is more than just the vasectomy. It's taking away a seed of the earth. I mean, this is literally like we're ripping at a spiritual level and separating men's power from kingdom. What's your thought? Yeah, we are literally breaking the very huge purpose that God put in us. And we are really, just for lack of a better term, we're, we, we are not only neutering us physically, but we're neutering our authority. Mm. Because we have stepped out of alignment with who God created it to be as a man. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And so no wonder we have no authority in our home. No wonder uh. we have no authority in our community. Mm. No wonder we have no authority even on Capitol Hill. Oh, boom. There you go, brother. Come on. We have totally given it up by choice, relinquished the very thing that God has made us for. Yes, yes. And now you got all these neutered dogs up in Washington, D.C., and you, you wonder why nobody has any cojones because they cut them all off. Yeah. We've got. Oh, wait a minute. No, wait. Well, hold on. Hang on. It, Stephanie no, 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 loves no, no, dogs. No, you're, you're backing that one up. Wait. You're not cutting off the cojones. I, I, if you stop them off, you stop the, if, you've, if you have stopped them up, you have cut them off. Oh, boy. Oh. Come on now. <laughs> Why are they even there? Decoration? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. We just, we're just walking. This is going so deep to the root. I know animals. Family this friendly. is a farm. Family okay? friendly. Family eat... friendly. This is a, this is a farm. Up. The kids could come do castration at my farm. I'll show you what happens. You know, if, if you've stopped them up, you might as well just cut them off. Um, so this Stephanie Loves Dog says, my grandpa's family uh, was 13, and my grandma had eight siblings. Uh, one side, and my other grandma's family had 11 kids. It's sad that it, it that it only took, what, one or two generations. And somebody else says, both my parents came from a family of eight. I'm an only child. Um, they're saying that their parents did not use birth control. So there's, birth, birth control all starts. I people mean, like my comment, by the way. So. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> because you got to beat on me a little bit. It's all good anyway. It's warfare. So anyway. I wasn't being on you. I was talking about the guys at Capitol Hill. If you if you put yourself there, that's I you can't you can't take any what you said in general, which is true. I'm not going to argue with you on it. If you've had a vasectomy, you're like you're. By the way, this is supposed to be family friendly. So parents, your children just got some information. You might have to farm filter. farm farming. This is here's the thing, you guys. When we have removed ourselves from the farm, I really think that that's the biggest deal. If, if your kids are having life and, and death cycles on the farm, then your kids know every. Yeah. you don't need sex education. Kids know exactly where, yeah. where, where, where babies come from. They see them. They actually help breed. They know how the breeding gets done. And you know what? It's not perverted then. And they deliver them, help deliver them too. Yeah. Yes. I mean, honestly, when, yeah. when our pig Malachi breeds the, these sows, you can go dirty minded and, and you can and you should not because it's a beautiful thing and it's creating life. And then that life is going to feed your family. And we have to remove the lust and the perversion from this beautiful thing and these beautiful children and, and, and the way that God has things. I got some neighbors over across this, uh, a couple doors down and their, their older boys are going to be breeding dogs. 
And that's how they're going to set them up. They're going to have some Burmese Bernadoodles, I guess they're like $4,000 a dog or whatever. So there's there's their college or whatever. Um, but they're going to breed animals. Your your kids need to have chickens. They need to have, I mean, geez, teach them, teach them the birds and the bees with some rabbits. And it's not the bees. The bees won't teach your kids birds and bees. They don't do things like that. So, um, yeah, that's not going to work. More like, you know, dogs, cats, roosters. That'll that'll teach them. I, I just think that, I mean, this is reiterating, and I think it's really pretty powerful. And I think one of the big testimonies you all give is that you're not limiting God's creation. Mm. And, and I think this is what we, we get to the core of this, and we're talking about the root. Mm. Okay, and I think this is the root. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is literally the word. When we step in, we talk about speaking life, we talk about a lot of things, but what we're ultimately talking about is man stepping in to limit God's creation. Boom. And when this happens, we become like the enemy that we hate. Whoa. Because what we have done now, literally, is we have done, you want to talk about transgenderism? You want to talk about transhumanism? Guess what? We're all playing the role in this because we're participating and we're trying to point the finger out at them and forgetting that when we do that, there's three pointing back at us. Mm. That we've literally, and whether you are complicitly involved or emotionally agreement of it, if we're not putting a stop to these things, we are now participating in the role of men Mm. stepping in to be gods. So some did you guys read this one about um, from Lumbach? Yes, we can't wait to see them again. My daughter Leah hasn't stopped talking about them and promised to learn more Bible songs to sing around the next campfire. Meaning the kids. Yeah. I want to see him again. Everybody keeps talking about your kids. Paul, you're going to be like the tour. You, I, so it's very seriously, and, and I, I do want to say this. We do want you at every Bards Fest coming up. Um, I think it's I think it's important because you're representing something, and we're talking about the root. The root has a tree, and we need to see yeah. the tree grow, mm. and we need to see the depth of the root. So you're you're yeah. what you're also doing here tonight, which is really important, is you're you're teaching parenting, mm, mm. and we are living in a world right now when we have something like 60 percent of the households are are broken. Mm. We have most of the, a majority of the children anymore, at least half or more of the children anymore, growing up in a fatherless household. Mm. And you, yeah. we talked earlier, and I'll put you both on the spot a little bit. And Christine, you were saying as well. When you guys started, you didn't know what you were doing. Mm. You just knew that you were going to pursue this family through your faith in God, and you trusted in him, and you've now navigated to become, quite frankly, one of the, I would say, one of the go-to experts on how to run a family of 10 or more. Well, I guess it's going to be 12 now, but uh, (laughs) 12 or more children, and and you thought you were done, right? So I think this is significant that... That you, I think part of this, and I think what we're shaking out here, whether you intended it or not, I think we're also, you're starting to see the depth of your ministry. Because I don't think your ministry is just limited to bringing healing and prayers. I think your nope. ministry is it's here to remind people of the root. Yep. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And you know, the other thing that, that I caught even going to some of these places and, and modeling family, there's authority. This stuff we were saying when we walk in true alignment, we carry authority. Well, I believe 
when we walk in healthy family, there's an authority that happens. Mm. That we've seen things that couldn't move, move because mm-hmm. we came as healthy families, right? Yeah. And that goes, and even like at Bard's Fest, that starts in with us and then moves out into the community. Yes. And that's one of the reasons even last week and what we're doing now has so much authority, I believe in it, is because we are now moving from the small outwardly into our community into our true family as a church. And the other thing that I noticed is, you know, that, and I've said it before, and, and it's so true, the difference between praying from victory and forward, and the mm. problem is, is we've been praying a lot of, I believe, uh, no authority prayers because we had no hope. Yeah. And playing from a defensive position, but when you see what family can do and when you see the power of a little one praying, mm-hmm. then it changes and you start praying, Lord, light them on fire yeah. instead of distance from the world. And that is a very big difference. That's awesome. That... So we've seen people, even adults, change their prayer life because mm. they've seen it. Yeah, that's they've powerful. seen what's possible. Yes. And, 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 and that's another thing. I used to just think we were trying to empower kids and, and fathers and mothers, but I also see that we are actually engaging and raising the bar for the intercessors that are crying out for this generation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's possible, and they can see God's plan because it's been on purpose by the enemy. Any residual or any bar or any reference point of what a healthy family can look like is wiped out so you have no bar to measure against. That's that's good, good, Paul. No bar to measure against, then there's no target to hit. Mm. And right. that's why this thing is you can be fully whatever you feel like because then there is no absolute and if there's no absolute there's no bars and tools and there's no reference points to truly heal and grow right mm. well paul i think there's something important here because when i came up here this week i stopped by the ark encounter have you guys been there uh, no, no, I, I would need a small loan to take my family there. It's true. It's unbelievably expensive. Unbelievable. Okay. You should give it to the Cantrells for free. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to have us start another give, send, go just to send you. That's, a, that's true. That's, that's absolutely true. Well, the reason I bring it up is all through that walk, there's a consistent message that was coming through that was, we're going back to the garden. Mm. And what you just said there is exactly that. And I really want to frame it. As you take out all measure to understand what a family is, you have to, you're, everyone's free floating. They're literally in mm-hmm. the desert. But what you're representing yep. is going back to the root, to the garden, to where you can start to yep. see what it is, what it is to build family. Mm. And I, I think this is, again, it's a blessed walk that you're on and we see it in your children and it's and the, everyone that was around them had been blessed, and again, I think it's a really important consideration, especially going forward, as your ministry is focused, and for you to bring that a lot to the world because so much of them, you are also reminding people of that relationship, that core, and then not limiting God's creation. Yeah, come on. Lumbach says. I don't read another one. Yeah, because I love these numbers. You guys can throw them at me. Are you making them up just to have me read them? My family uh, was 14 on Kim's Kim's side and 11 on dad's. I have 57 first cousins as each child had large families. 
57 first cousins. And see, that's the thing you talk about when we when we're sitting right now in a population growth rate of 2.3 percent in the nation. And, and something I want to yeah. point out because it's a distorted number, and it's important because this distorted number includes everybody in the gay, lesbian, LGBTQ nightmare yeah, community, that's true. and it distorts the number of the actual birth rate. If you take Christian families as a whole, they have two or more children. Mm-hmm. And then when you, if we start about a family re- revolution and we start running these numbers up, this population goes quickly. And just so I say it, because I do say these things, if you're in the gay and LGBTQ movement, you're self-terminating. So we really don't have much to worry about you after 10 years anyway, because you don't have any progeny and you're all dead. Except for they groom them in. Yeah, that's the damage we have to deal with. That's deliverance. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's harsh truth, but I mean, and, and by the way, you all took the shot too, so there's that. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and, and it's really the building block that is going to uh, carry us into what this country was designed from the beginning. So if we right, I, yes, I always use, I always use a lot. What really stuck to me. One of the biggest statements when I met you guys out in Plymouth that I, I speak about often is uh, even about the authority and what it does. And I noticed it even walking with my kids through some of the roughest neighborhoods is when I had my boys with me, it changed the whole environment I went through. And I remember about when you said when the families came off the Mayflowers, the Native Americans didn't wipe them off the earth they knew when they saw with family that mm. they weren't there to conquer them. That's true. They were actually there to create community. Mm-hmm. So, and I use, and that's the at the very identity of, of our nation, right? Yeah. So I want to. Go, go, go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! I just want to say, if that's at the very foundation of the first people to step foot with this dream then there's probably some major power in going back to it, right? Come on. So I think this is, we're going to talk about the root for a second, and we're going to talk about the root of the creation of God and who we're fighting against and what their root is. And we hit it just a minute ago, and I need to emphasize it. Sorry, pet the dog. Yeah, well, she's right next to me. She didn't bite me. That's okay. Just wake us up a little bit here. All right, so here's what we have. On Satan's side of this fight, the only way that they, from their root, that they grow is to groom. Yep. That's really good. On, on God's side, we have to get back to turning creation and not limiting God's creation over to him and be limitless. Yeah. And so when we put these two together, it's an obvious. The only thing that can change that, that course is propaganda and brainwashing. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So if parents, and I speak to this boldly, if you don't understand what path you're on and you think that you can determine things like trust schools to educate your kids, give kids black mirror technology that brings demons into your home, open some AI portals to hell in your house, mm. you're missing your entire point of what your responsibility is. What Paul and family is representing here tonight is the trust in our father to allow creation to lead. And what we're fighting is an enemy that wants to groom and destroy. 
And mm-hmm. their tools of this, in large to a large part, are to corrupt children's minds and to get them to start believing in choosing their own gender, which is another word for genital mutilation, to make sure they can't reproduce. And equally, to leave them sexually confused and lack the intimacy and the sensitivity to grow a family. So, parents, I'm going to speak straight into everything you've heard tonight. Because this family here homeschools. Mm-hmm. You won't find cell phones in these children's hands. Instead, you find a Bible and you find hands laying on hands, praying and giving prophecy and healing. And we've all witnessed the power of this. <coughs> so what this story is about at the end tonight is a powerful story of creation. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of creation where Paul and family have led and Paul and Christine have led with Father. They didn't know where they began, but they trusted in him to lead. And they have shown creation, not just in the act of growing a family, but in the gifts that the children are bringing to expand and prosper into the kingdom. And on the opposite side of that, what we see is pain, suicide, genital mutilation, and children literally lost and so screwed up by the age 30 that some will never recover. Mm. There is no in-between ground here. None. Zero. Is there? I have a question, though, because somebody says... Should we quit trying to take over our school boards? Um, it says, um, I don't, and somebody said, no, I don't think so. And um, somebody said, I don't either, but I know a school board who has prevailing God-following folks. They have taken their schools back, but somehow these chicks claim all public schools are bad. Well, I did, and Michelle did, and I'm going to be open about it, and I'm going to tell you why. And I do. I say that all the time. Okay, all so... They're all bad. And I and I hear what you're saying because the actions of politics makes you feel that you've had a victory, but you're not getting a victory. Mm. And this is why. And the reason is, is that you can get take over your school boards, but at the end of the day, the schools were never designed to teach and to prosper a child. They were designed to create conformity yes. for a business model. Bingo. So yeah. you, you can tell me all day about what you've done in school boards, and I'm not – look – at least you're getting the pedophiles off the board. Well, the South had slaves. They used Christianity for it. So I don't care if you... And the public school model itself was was based on, you know, John D. Rockefeller saying, I don't want a nation of thinkers, but a nation of workers. So Correct. that we would uh, pop lobs dogs. You ring the bell, you take the vaccine. Right. So and it, I'll tell you, it'll be interesting to see how these school boards hold up against saying no to federal funding. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, so this is another part because now you hear and you say, okay, we've taken them over with, with Christian folks. Mm-hmm. Are you ridding your schools of Common Core, CRT? Are you, are you, are you getting rid of the queer theory? And I'm going to tell you, and you're going to, go ahead, Paul. Teacher, teacher unions run it all. Teacher unions. Right, and that's it because you haven't, you haven't conquered teachers' unions. And they're the ones yep. that are the driving force behind all of this. You can take over a school board all you yeah. want. The model is still there. It's kind of like saying I've got, you know, I've got, I'm the head of the um, the, the, the bomb making factory. Well, you're still making the bombs, right? So the the whole purpose and, and Everett, you're still listening. I'm glad you're still listening. So just do a tiny little research on how public schooling started. Okay, it started with Horace Mann. He went over to Prussia, where the Prussians. Uh, had a problem. Their soldiers were fleeing from battle. They needed them to stay in battle. So they created public schooling so that they would have conformity so that the, the, the children and the men that grew up to be men would stay in battle and fight and die. 
<laughs> I want to add something here that's really important. Another element. We can talk about the indoctrination centers, and I do all day long. But my number one issue, if I had children, and I kid you not, wouldn't be the education or mm. lack thereof. It would be the Lord of the Flies mentality because these other children that are in these public schools, they've been molested. They've been perverted. They literally have the virus of, they have demons. They have the virus of just literally perversion all over them. The things that I learned in public school at the age of like eight, and this goes back like 20 some odd years, is stuff that would make a grown man blush. No, you should not be sending your kids where other kids may touch them inappropriately or teach them things that they never should have learned. Every child has the right to be raised in a godly environment and protected from other children who are literally like vampires. Oh, I love that. I love the vampire piece. Well, and I think you hit it on the head, you know, when we have as many kids as we do, and uh, all of my kids learn differently, and we got to adjust, and we always feel like some of them should be farther, but I've told my wife consistently is, uh, babe, as long as they can read and write and do math and history and all these things, they said, but more importantly, coming into this, like what God told you, is you need to prepare them for war. Mm, that's so good. And my kids, and even when, you know, in, 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 in circles that they've been around, and even Christian circles they've been around, because we have been opening what's out there and demonic and, and, and seeing them with us and deliverances and everything, they've actually had the ability to recognize things and not take, take them on as their own, but not only known and seen them in other people can speak to it and see the deliverance happen mm. in their peers and their friends because they I've been trained up in 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 war in the spiritual oh, so battle good. right that's and, so and good that's where at and I think that and that was one of the things when even when that question did come about what whether I should have kids into now in this time and he God told me, he says, yes, son, but they won't have to deal with the ultimate sin of your generation. I was like, what's that? And he said, complacency. Mm. Can I, I want to read a comment will... real quick because this yeah. is really great. Somebody on Rumble says um, the, the name is The Protestant View, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is the first show I've ever listened to of yours, and I've got to say it's one of the best shows I've heard that is out there. Hmm. Well, thanks. You're listening to two shows at one they time. They say, I think most people, especially the in the conservative channels, are asleep. Mm. So it's real refreshing to hear this kind of talk. So you're, so we have two shows at, at once right now. Uh, you don't get uh, all these beautiful faces at one time. Usually. Usually. <laughs> but you do now. Yeah, we got Bards FM. So go check out Scott Casterson over on uh, Podbean, and you can listen to the deep voice, or you can listen to the screechy... Uh, very loud minute. voices of the chicks, the resistance chicks. <laughs> screechy one more time. <laughs> Try it yeah. again. No, it's okay. But to the school boards, um, I would say, yes, absolutely keep taking them over to rescue the other kids, but don't put your kids there. That's right. Um, and, and do what you can to fix the schools for the other kids and then at the same time advocating to get all the kids out to shut down the entire public school system because every child has a right to know God and to learn uh, every single subject from a biblical worldview by their parents. And guess what? Nobody is supposed to be stuck indoors eight hours a day. Your job may stink, but don't, don't do that to kids. 
It's fair enough. Have you guys have you guys seen what they did in uh, Arizona now? Go What's ahead. What they, 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 they well, they actually got with uh, a school choice. They did. Yeah. Now, you each kid, which I said just moved to Arizona, I'd be loaded right now. You get almost eight thousand dollars per kid per year to invest in wherever you want. Paul, you were looking for land. I think you know where to go. <laughs> Does it? They just give you cash per kid, and and hopefully you educate them. It's like, how did you get your down payment? Well, I went to Arizona. Dang, I mean, eight kids, eighty thousand bucks. There's stuff they have to use it, improve it, if it's for school or. You, you know, build your own school, school. eighty thousand dollars. Come on, I'm just yeah. building my school. But huh? I guess I wanted to say that that actually Ten. that actually came about because people were getting involved in the education, and they decided that that was the most. Uh, influential thing they could do. And so now because of that and then getting involved, they got uh, school's choice passed and legislation there. And now yep. the kids have the financial ability to pick how they want to be schooled and also supported in their homeschool programs. Yeah, the Cantrell Car- Charter School. Uh, here comes the, here comes the next one. And yeah, so the, so one's too old. So you're actually at nine. So you got 90,000 you you, with the new one. Come on, you're just actually you're at a hundred grand for your budget a year. This is this is doable here. A hundred grand to fund your school. This is great. It is. We're good. We're, we're, it sounds you're exactly right, Paul. You gotta have twelve. And you build and you build your school and you live in your school. It just so happened it's and it's paid off in like two three years. Yeah, well, not if they keep going. Uh, we just well, he's a builder, so he can he's doing it himself. He's not paying for other you know other guys. To I'm do talking it. about the Cantrell family. I know, but he's not—he's not paying the prices everybody else is for houses. He's a builder, so he could get a mansion built. I have my own construction crew. Yeah, yeah, he can you do. He you can build a you know a house four times the size of other people for half the money. That's right. Well, guys, what else do you want to share with us today? Um, just to give people hope. Uh, with you just starting with where you're at, you mm-hmm. know, I heard it said, and I feel like I just want to share this testimony because it's a, another side of my children when you let God in that he uses, you know, my son that you guys have all been blessed with, my oldest, Elijah. Mm-hmm. I started getting um, just a glimpse of what it meant to truly have relationship with them mm-hmm. and to let God into every part of my life, including like you guys are talking about the bedroom and including my parenting, there was this moment where uh, my son, you know, as boys get older and testosterone, they don't know they're in strength. He had gotten acted out in anger and pushed his brother, and his brother fell over, and he was bleeding. It was oh, I had dear. to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And so I sent him into the room, and before I went in there, I prayed. I said, God, I need help. Mm. How do I deal with this situation? And he, he, this is what he said. He said, I want you to go in and hug him. Oh, wow. And I was like, hug him? What, what are you talking about, hug him? Didn't you see what just happened? Like, I had this whole dialogue, and he says, no, I want you to go hug him. And so I, when I went in to go hug him, and I think this is very important to make a separation between the act and them. There's a uh-huh. difference between conviction and condemnation, right? Uh-huh. Conviction says what I did was wrong. Condemnation says I'm wrong. Mm. Whoa. 
And when you come in with condemnation, you cut off any ability for anybody to learn actually from what happened. Huh. They will avoid it at all costs because all they hear, and that's how I grew up and a lot of us growing up, is all we heard is I'm wrong. Mm. I'm bad. So anyway, I went in there and I listened. I said, son, we have to deal with the action and the choice, but it doesn't change how I feel about you and I love you and I'm so proud of you. And I hugged him. And in this moment, as me hugging him, God took me back to a moment with my own father. Mm. That I had looked for affirmation, that I had looked for the, the very thing that I was giving my son, and he said it right, like it was originally designed. Yes, wow, that is, yes. That's how God And works. I say that to say, even in our parenting, as we deal with our children, I promise you, as you be accountable and you start from a place of being honest and real with them, just like you guys are being vulnerable and raw and brutally true that I believe is at the very starting point of any healing mm-hmm. or breakthrough in anybody's life. Yes. You start with that way in that position with your children and watch what God can do. Come on. And as you come in and you be vulnerable and you let him in that situation, he can not only parent them, and that's why it's so so huge that what he said about hosting his presence and him raising our kids. Mm. As we're in that moment and we bring him into that situation, not only do we get to parent them from a place of kingdom, but God, that's why kids are not only gifts because of what they bring and what they do and the arrows that they are shot, but they also are gifts if we allow God in the situation to be the healing of our own brokenness as children. That's so good. Punky says, we homeschoolers always say we can tell which kids are homeschooled and which are public school kids because those public school kids are just different and not in a good way. Yeah. I know it too. I, t- I, I, love, the, I love homeschool kids. I do too. They're just different. I, I just want to encourage people to just start where you're at. If you look at the whole thing, you know, it can get overwhelming. And a lot of times when we go to parents, all we see is our own inadequacy. Mm. And that's what the very thing the enemy uses is to keep us from having a connection and moving forward, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's just, just like how we all got here was a simple yes. Oh, that's so good. Go to the throne room with it and be brutally honest with your children and open up a place where you can be vulnerable and say that I'm sorry that I haven't got, I don't have it all together. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> That's good. The pol- of us, all of us parents are green, you know. Go ahead. Well, I, I want to throw in something here because I've seen this criticism fielded, and I want to put it to rest once and for all. These two ladies here have great wisdom, and they have great insight into family. But this is the criticism, and I've heard it, and I'm, I'm really kind of like at my limit with it because I've spent time here with them as sisters and it's always that, well, they're not mothers. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, Paul, and I, I want you to speak to this, and you can, I'm not putting you on the spot to say yes or no, but I want you to comment on this. It's because of these two ladies that we got to to the root. Yeah. And I'm saying this because the objective view that they have, without having forced put themselves into a place of being objectified and falling to the sluttery of society, but instead holding to the purity of God has given them eyes to see things that others miss. So Paul, go ahead and comment. 
Well, yeah, but because of the decisions that they made with Father on it to walk in purity, they actually can see things that other people can't. They don't have to work through the baggage of the things that we walk through, right? That's why part of the reason kids can see things we can't. Mm. So some people would say that you don't have the wisdom because you're not mothers, but I speak to you, you don't have the brokenness that comes with uh, doing it the wrong way first and totally messing up your lens. One thing I love about Leah and Michelle is they come from a heart of love. Thank you. Thank you. And 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 it's pure mm-hmm. because they've walked in that purity. That's right. Good. The problem is that when we get in relationships and we get in uh, failed marriages and we get into all these things early on and learning, we have a lot of baggage that blurs our lens to not only be able to see things as they truly are that also be the vessel, the open pipe vessel to really speak into situations um, for love, right? The best thing we can hope for is an open vessel for him to work through. And I would say because of your commitment and the purity that you guys carry, you have way less rocks in the pipe or counseling or whatever you need to get through to be that open vessel to, to, for his love to pass through. And, you know, and that's really at the core of, of parenting, right? Like, at the core of it, you have to know who you are as daughters to truly be over. That's the first thing that we go through in every parenting and every event. We go to back to, do you know you're a daughter or a son? Mm, that's so good. Because if you know you're a daughter or a son and that you're loved, then you can actually love other people and speak into situations. That's because so good. Because the brokenness we go through, and let's be honest, most of it happens in relationships. That's right. Mm. Amen. Especially when it's intimate, because what does it say in Scripture, right? The sexual one is the one we do against our own body and our own mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah. And so how many people, even in ministry, that have that broken place in their spirit because of the broken relationships and the... Pornography and everything else that not only clogs the pipe, but mm. stints your ability to truly be able to love and be the vessel that he has. Okay, can I jump so in on that just real yeah. quick, Scott? Because um, we are mothers because we've led a lot of people to Jesus. Wow. And, you know, Paul, we don't know anything about Paul or his marriage, but he said he wasn't married. But he was called a father. And a lot of people watch our show. And a lot of people have come to us for ministry and there's that aspect of it, but there's also something way deeper. Holy spirit is the nurturing part of God, the the mothering part of God. And to the extent that you have allowed Holy spirit to take over your body, mind and spirit, then you know how to mother. And I would say that to fathers as well, because God is both male and female and he split himself basically in two and and created the essence of Adam and Eve. And then he brought them back together in the garden and he said, be one. And that's why he says why, you know, what God has joined together, don't let anybody put asunder because when I put you back together, you are both, you are, you are complete in who I've made mankind to be. But when we now have Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are now the resting place of, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so 
fathers or single men or single women or mothers can all nurture and mother and understand what it means to be a mother. Even men can understand. And that's a big hurdle because I've talked to a lot of men recently who are even Pastor Brian saying, I just tapped into the nurturing aspect of Holy Spirit. And, you know, Paul, you have it. You have it because you you nurture me. (laughs) You've nurtured Michelle. You know, you will come up, you've seen me get hurt at a time or something like that, and you'll come in and you'll just, like, nurture because you have Holy Spirit. So I don't know if you want to say anything about that. On you, Paul. Really come, yeah, go ahead. No, it's just I was going to say it's to you. Oh, yeah, I, uh, it comes down to relationship. Mm. It really comes down to relationship. You guys have, and it's first relationship and intimacy with God, you know, and um, I think you guys, even like what you were able to speak into with my daughter today, mm. um, was powerful, and you guys are probably the only ones that could have really spoken into it. Mm. Because you're also, I think, have an ability to come in and say those things and truly see those things. Because you aren't uh, have physical ones, honestly. Like you have ability to get into those. Because you know, with parents, I see all the time when when you have you you get very defensive um, about when other parents try to come in and speak into your life and your children, especially. And I do. Um, I want a copy of her, her of her of her uh, Margaret Sanger thesis. I I would like to read it. Since you haven't. We'll see who reads it first. <laughs> it's a long season. I'll read it. You got to send it to me. I want to read it. We'll read it live on air. We will read it live on air. But you guys are safe for parents to truly share. Thank you, Paul. You guys are safe for parents to really share and hear what you have to speak in. And you're right. You guys mother people constantly. I mean, it just amazes me just of how many people you you guys speak to and share and listen and truly listen. Not just wait for your turn to speak, but you guys truly listen. And you do it over and over and over with, I don't even know how you guys have the bandwidth, to be honest. Like, it's amazing. Because it's Holy really Spirit. Listen and speak. Amen. That is how you do it. Because you want and to. I think, uh, and I think you are guys are vessels. You are open vessels that He chooses to use and pour through. We we and up we up this we up the game a little bit this last week. Yeah. No, we did. And also, Mom. Okay. Here's 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 the funny thing. I always people say, "Well, you don't have any kids," and I'm like, "Well, I was one." I have been a child, okay, and I had a really good mom. And so uh, I had a good example, and I can go to her, and and we have talked about these things. And so it's not like I'm I'm on some sort of fake planet, and it's like, 
oh, you're, you just dropped here. You're another species. You know, I'm another species. So like, like I was a kid. I made the mistakes. And, and because I don't have any kids, I've had a lot of time to think about those mistakes. It's, like being, in, it's like being in an internal timeout. No, that's like you have a time to think really about real. the mistakes you've made. No, I'm not kidding. But my mom is legit the best mom that I could have ever had in a whole wide world. She does exactly what you guys are doing, fostering an environment. So I learned from her. I learned what worked with me. And what didn't work with me? Oh. I learned what worked with my sister and what didn't work with my sister. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all have when we go to parent. All we all have is who parented us. Yeah. To start from, right? Yeah. That's it. 100%. And uh, you guys, your guys' delivery, how that you can, um, people when they talk to you feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, you're never going to be vulnerable. And if you're never going to be vulnerable, you'll never let anybody come in, including Holy Spirit, to really mm-hmm. do the deep work. Good word, Paul. Yeah, we try not to say your name on air of all your dirty laundry. I'm just kidding. I think about I think about it all the time. People tell me all these stories, and I think, which ones can I actually tell? Because these are some great testimonies. But I'm like, this could really encourage somebody. So I'm like, can I tell your story? Well, you know, it's funny, funny story about that. When I guys sent you that picture, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm getting random pictures, congratulations. I'm like, holy crap, I got to send like 50 of these out to get ahead <laughs> of these girls. Because I'm going to have like 20 people call me and say, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're too excited. I like, you must have said it on the air because my phone started blowing up with all kinds of congratulations. How do these people know you? Like, we thought we were in our little, own little secret world. Hang on. Wait, first of all, there are Leah people, Faith. there are Cantrell all, people. Do not. That watch our program? This is a bona fide fact, and I hate to admit it live on air, but don't tell us secrets. Don't. It's not on purpose. We're not trying Happy to maliciously. Secrets sabotage anything. We were the literal first ones to find out, and you told the world. Did we on here on air? I don't know uh, what we told. It was be... a bard fast, baby. We had to. It was like yeah. legit, like right here. It was like yeah. Sorry, Paul, but that was determined here, like in a, in a tri vote agreement. Here's the thing. You just said you just said a secret. Nobody said that was a secret. Nobody said, oh, don't tell anybody. He said we were the first to find out. That means that that means spread it. <laughs> spread the news. If you tell me a secret, I'm not going to tell a secret. But if you just if you tell me something, you don't say, don't tell anybody. I'm going to be like, woo. <laughs> You know? Yeah, awesome. really. I mean, what do you think, man? Like, you're in Bart's Fest. You get prophesy over. And then you, like, throw us the picture here. Um, which, by the way, dude. All right. Now, listen. I've got a contention bone to pick with you. You didn't even send it. You sent it to me second. Mm, I, a- and had not. Oh, that's them? okay. That's fair. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's why. Uh, and what's funny is right before that happened, um, I think Michelle was like, uh, because I, I sent him a text and I said, I said, hey, you guys are dangerously dancing around being the, uh, the first honorary aunties for the Cantrells, right? Which you is did. now official. And then I asked what, you what, what it was going to take to seal the deal. To seal the deal, and I sent out a joke of, like, all knowing all my kids' names, birthdays, and ages. And then the pregnancy test comes came, and I was like, yeah, that's... That, that that wasn't in the that must that wasn't in the small print, but I'm pretty sure that qualified. Okay. Prophesy within four days of your next child. That probably is a good way to get fast track. Yeah. Hey, I just want to tell. Uh, this is awesome. I'm going to give an update here since we're kind of doing the marathon thing. Um, <laughs> 
The support for the Kentrell family, our goal is $10,000. we have reached $2,050 tonight. Okay, yes, let's keep it going. Keep it going. All right. So, once again, you guys can find that at givesendgo.com forward slash Kentrell clan. That's C A N T R E L L C L A N. Kentrell clan. Givesendgo.com forward slash Kentrell clan. That's it. And we really want you to give and so into this because yeah. this is this is a ministry that's mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Those kids, dude, those kids prayed for your prodigal kids. Come on. Holding on to a staff for like two hours and uh with nothing in return. Children, seven, eight, nine year old children praying for your kids. And I guarantee you the the, the Lord has spoken to me that said, you know, as we reverse this, as we do this friendly revolution. One of the best ways you can do is to sow into somebody who's doing it right. Come on. And you get your kids back. You get your prodigals back. You sow into these kids. You sow into this family. You repent. And um, I'm telling you, there is a principle of sowing and reaping. You sow into a family that has good kids who follow the Lord. You'll get a good cami- family with kids who follow the Lord. I'm just telling you. Absolutely. And, and if you head on over to the Give, Send, Go, givesendgo.com, forward slash Cantrell clan, C-R-C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L clan, you're going to see the picture of these children. And, oh. and, and if you... Scrolled up so I can see it. Yeah. And if you, you can't see how happy these kids are, this is this is just a snapshot of their joy in the, in the Holy Spirit that comes right mm-hmm. through. So take a look at that, and it's really awesome. Paul, we're going to... Um, any last words from you, brother? Um, I just feel led... Um, I really feel like that God that you brought it up at the end has been on my heart just for the prodigals. Mm. And I wanted to pray again for the prodigals. And I'm also looking forward. God said to me very clearly when my son was just praying over every individual person and kids that there were, you guys were going to get testimonies of prodigals coming home. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I, I just feel I, there's nothing like the cries of a mother crying for their child mm-hmm. to come home. And so, Lord, I just we just lift up all the prodigals right now, God. Everybody that's listening to the sound of my voice that has a child that is lost and, and they're hurting, I just speak to that right now, and I say, God, bring them home. Mm-hmm. I ask for a divine encounter, a violent divine encounter for these children, God. That you would speak to them in their dreams, that you would give give us, uh, them angels to come and speak to them, that you would hold back the walls of addiction and depression so they can taste and see the freedom of knowing you, Lord. Mm. So I just praise you for bringing them home. Mm. I praise you for the prayers of their parents, Lord. You said they will always come back to it. That is your word, God. Amen. That is your word. So I just thank you for them. I thank you for bringing them home, and we are excited to hear the testimonies. Yes children find their way back home to the kingdom in your name amen amen paul and is uh christine still there no she had to go back in she wasn't feeling very good keep praying for her we will. To go back we will. Well, i want to thank you very much and we're going to continue to push your give send go here pretty hard but um thanks brother for everything thanks you guys um feels so good to have family and support and i know uh been doing a lot of things together in the future and really appreciate both your guys' communities and the way that um, just the love they had for us and what you guys are doing, man. It's uh, courage and hope is contagious. 
Oh, that's so, so good. Love you guys. We love you too. Uncle Scott and Aunt Michelle and Aunt Leah. We love it. We love it so oh. much. We love it so much. Okay, Matt, you got that's, something to say? Go ahead. Yeah, that was just really good stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to just speak forth that truth. Let the spirit flow. That's awesome. All right, Paul. Love you guys. Love you, man. All right, God bless, man. Take care. Bye, bye. That was an awesome show. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Yeah. It just, it really was. And, And I'm, you know, for everybody out there, and it really, uh, for everybody out there, it's just really, it, 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 we are really getting into something here that is, it's not going to be comfortable always to hear. Yeah. And, um, but it is the root. Mm-hmm. And we've been praying on this. We've been, and I mean, serious prayers. I, mm-hmm. We haven't, I mean, we've been shaking it. Mm-hmm. And um, with these prayers, we've been really being given the word, the root. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just started when I, when I was at the ark. Mm-hmm which takes us back to the garden. Mm-hmm. And the root is really where we get into creation versus grooming, which is mm-hmm. replication and, and mockery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just the simplicity of God versus the complexity of the world where everything's really fast-paced, loud, in your face. And, you know, like you're talking about the public schools, that you learn all this stuff, but what's the point if... They never say like, look, if you got something going on in your life, like you can pray to God for discernment. Right. Or like number one, like, are you saved? Do you right. know Christ? Are you in a relationship? Yes. And number two, like, hey, you know, you can pray to God regardless of what's going on in your life. Well said. Because yeah. like it's good to have relationships here on this earth, but he's the one that sticks closer than a brother and he's always there. And he knows every little angle on every little thing that's going on in our lives and over the whole earth. So why would we not go to him? And what's the point in going to school for all those years and not learn just the most basic thing? <laughs> that's a home run. That's a home run. I mean, I hope you all heard that because I think that's so important is that for all the complication that is pumped into the brains of children, the fundamental seed of truth, which is the relationship with our father, is not. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and when you're in a relationship with God, then he just reveals things to you daily and shows you things. So you can have the discernment to see like, wait, this, you know, the public schools are really off. You know, it might seem kind of cool at first because some people, they get into like sports and things mm-hmm. and, you know, they played a sport and they want their child to be, you know, on the same team or something like that. But if they're being indoctrinated, and taught everything contrary to God, then what's the profit in it? It's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, it is the it is the profit of the institution, mm-hmm. not oh, the not the profit and prosperity of God. Yeah, absolutely. No, you hit you hit a home run. That's exactly what our founding father said. The end of all things is to know God. Yes. And then what you just said is, hey, if you know God, He can reveal all things to you. And if, if the end of all things is to know God, then it's the beginning of all things. And if you're starting public education without the beginning and the ending of all things, then you're not teaching anything. Oh, my gosh, I just made that up. Well, you did a nice job. See, now you get the Holy Spirit roll you get here. This is what happens when you come to Barnes Channel. <laughs> oh, my I'm gosh. Right now, with awesome. somebody, hey, Nikki, can you clip that and put that on TikTok? <laughs> oh, Leah, it wasn't that great. Yes, it was. It was good. 
And John the Baptist, pro- we don't know like what his schooling was, but even if he spent his whole life in the wilderness, I mean, he was more educated than the average public school kid that doesn't know God. You mean John the Baptist, you know, didn't know calculus? He only uh, entered in and ushered in the, the, the Lord. He actually was so intelligent that he knew Jesus just in the womb. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really amazing. Well, Michelle, what's your thoughts on the show? I say it's time to make babies for your country. Yeah. And there you go. And that's it. All right. So, you know, this is you're going to hear this, and we're going to say it, and I guarantee there's going to be all sorts of stuff. And oh. guess what? Here we say it. We're all going to put our hands up. We don't care. <laughs> okay. Yes. So so bring it. I really yes. don't I really don't that care. Guess it. All right. So greatest man, line of the whole show. All right, man, let me just put it to you bluntly. All right. Uh, like it or not, this is going to suck for you to hear it because I had already faced the truth and Leah delivered it and it's an absolute truth. If you've had a vasectomy, you have now done genital mutilation, which is the pre-step to transgenderism and like it or not, that's exactly what happened. So time to reverse it and literally do it. And for nothing else, just to reclaim the sense that what you did, however, for whatever reason, and mind, I have no excuse other than selfishness, but it's time to reclaim it because that's part of the root I'm reclaiming the manhood and masculinity of our nation. So that's one. Women, we can't limit children, birth. And I and this is and this is my opinion, and I'm guaranteed they're gonna someone's gonna fly off the handle on this, and I don't care. So I'll speak it and I'm just gonna speak it as a man. Because we can't be limiting what God's creation is. This is a fight against creation or mockery. Okay? And creation is at the point of letting God create in the world. Now, I'm going to already hear this about, like, well, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. This is exactly the point of why the Cantrells That's are That's so, why you can't. Right. Well, this is exactly the point of why the Cantrells are so successful, because they have turned everything over to God. And Paul said it. I'm going to emphasize this, because we brought it up the other night, but Paul said it as a father of 10. We bring God into the bedroom. Whoa. Okay. And we bring the Holy Spirit into the bedroom. It doesn't mean that you might not have setbacks. It doesn't mean that you might not need help. Okay. What it means is if you're opening up, don't speak death. That's what I kept telling Christine. Just don't speak death. I'm 42 years old. I don't have any kids. What I've done is I've said, God, it's up to you. One or a million. It's up to you. And so if you're married, you either should not be married or you should be saying, hey, God, it's up to you. So exactly. So and then the whole point here is that we're trying to reset this nation. And that means resetting this nation through our father, which means get your kids out of public school. Come on. Okay, it's homeschooling. You kind of shut off the electronic appliances. We use them because we communicate with them. But I don't obsess over them, neither do they. they. And I tell you this story again. I think I've said it five times this week, but God wants me to share it, so I will. As I left Madeline Farms, my super-duper high-speed iPhone 15 at too much money, I could not get a signal to run GPS. I could not, I, my atlas was not appropriate, it was too small, and I couldn't even find Madeline Farms on the atlas. So I was literally in a place of driving after dark, of driving down the roads with just the headlights, and I got a lot of light on the Jeep, but that's beside the point. The ultimate thing is you have to drive by faith, mm-hmm. and that's the lesson here. We have to walk our lives by faith and trust in Him and stop trying to dictate and putting God in a box. God doesn't put us in a box, yet we do it to him all the time. 
He constantly pours out his love to us. He constantly pours out his wisdom to us. He gives us a double helping, triple helping, quadruple helping every time. And what do we do? We say, God, thanks, but I'm only going to take a teaspoon. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to only take a select teaspoon. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to tell you that's what I like the most and that's all I want. And what we end up doing is we compress a father of infinite into a nightmare of defined. Mm, So we have got to get break this. And that is ultimately going to the root, which the root is creation. Mm -hmm. So this gets into difficult conversations with people and it's like, all cool. We're here. We we have big shoulders and we can take it. And you want to throw flechettes. We're cool. But the deal is that I know this walk and this is where I'm ultimately going to leave my comments and then I'm going to pass it and then we're going to go to prayer. I know very clearly what walk God has put me on. And it has become so clear after Bars Fest of where we're going and what that focus is and what that root is. And so my push here is to serve him. And that's as I think everybody should. And we may not agree on all things, but we cannot disagree on the power of creation. And in that fundamental sense, when we intercede on the value and the principles of creation, we are trying to become gods, and that has to stop. That's literally Romans 18 to 32, 18, 1, 18 to 32, where the people begin to serve, worship the creature rather than the creator. And unfortunately, the creature becomes us. Hmm. So I say that. Leah? All right. Um, yeah, so th- this comment here that said, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume Planned Parenthood doesn't reverse the vasectomy since they only ah. plan death. That's, Correct. That's yeah, Matt, you were going to say something on uh, public schools or something. Well, you guys have kind of already covered it, but it's just the obvious point that a lot of the things of the world are expensive with all the entertainment and all that stuff and you feel like you need to give a five-year-old kid like a million dollar cell phone and you know you have to go to the football and baseball games every night i'm not saying that you know you have to like wear sackcloth and live in a cave somewhere but the stuff's expensive and then we say well you know we we can't really afford to do other things that god is more into like having kids yeah, the children and just natural things of creation. I, I, I think you hit that on the head. We're choosing the things that God doesn't want us. And then people are stuck in the rat race and like, well, we need to make more money and everything's expensive where it should be simple. That's well said. I mean, we're, we're making choices financially that are limiting God in our lives. And then we're using the money as the excuse to limit creation. That's us being God's. My final words would just be, God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. Seek him in all things and allow him to bless you. Open, let him open up the windows of the door. Let, open up the, the windows of heaven that you may not have room enough to receive it. And I pray a blessing over all of you. I pray a blessing over you. Uh, if you haven't had kids, if you've wanted to have kids, that God opens up your womb, that he brings you a proper partner, that he brings life into your life, okay? And I just, any curses spoken over you, we, we reverse those curses. Uh, for women who've had t- tough pregnancies, Father God, I ask you that you that they have good pregnancies. I lift yes. up um, uh, Mrs. Cantrell right now and I speak healing over her body and, and healing over um, that that wonderful, beautiful baby in the womb. And, and I just ask you that you provide for that family. And I just thank you, Father God, for this night. I thank you for Scott being here. We're kicking it off. We're 
we're we're le- we, we're leaving it as we kicked it off with another giant show. Um, and I just thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing. I ask you to bless uh, Mr. Kesterson on his way home to see his parents. We love you, parents, um, Miss Mr. and Mrs. Kesterson. And I just pray a blessing over Scott and his ministry as he as he goes forth and leads this uh, family revolution and with a whole a host of of people, including um, little children. Amen. Uh, my final thought, Leah, just very briefly hit on in her prayer, and uh, this is not a holistic of the whole show, but a comment worth having. And I and I'm going to make sure that Kesterson gets on Dr. Reverend Dad to address some of these things as we move forward because. The biggest kickback or that we get when we talk about this stuff is usually from women and, 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 and it has to do with rough pregnancies and the difficulty of being a mom and just the physicality of that. So first and foremost, I want to acknowledge all the moms out there, mm-hmm. even though I've never given birth and I've never had children and I've never been through a pregnancy. I have many friends who have, and I've walked them through that and I have encouraged them through it and I have sympathized and empathized with them. And so I know what it is. I know what it takes and I know how difficult it can be. So I posed this question to Dr. Reverend dad, Dr. AKA Dr. Jason, who was with us this weekend or last weekend. And I said, what do you say to the women out there who are genuinely going, I understand it and I love children and I would have more children, but my pregnancy almost killed me. I said, what do you say to that? And he had some fantastic answers to which I want him to come on your show and give. And ultimately there are holistic things that you can do to have a good pregnancy and above all else, Aligning yourself right with God and getting your mind healed and your body healed holistically, all of that, Dr. Jason pretty much said, when you have those two things aligned, your pregnancies will be fine. Well, people are sharing this post around on social media where it's basically the back of the box on like every cereal and like Pop-Tarts, almost everything in that center part of the grocery store. And it's all listed as GMO or bioengineered product or bioengineered ingredient. And a lot of us, you know, we just didn't know. We just, right. we just don't know about health. And you just go based on commercials and they're just trying to make a profit for their company. They're not looking to your health. And if it's all really overly processed junk with a bunch of chemicals and no real nutrients in it, then your body's not functioning at the highest level. That's right. That's right. So we're going to uh, close with prayer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess my my final word just here would be just get yourself tight with God. I mean, the bottom line is get to know his face Mm. and be intimate with him. Ask him if you're not, if you're not hearing him just say, father, I want to talk to you. Mm. And uh, it's more important than ever right now. And to do that, you're going to have to empty your heart. You've got to unburden yourself from the past, and hence the entire sense of these two ministries, deliverance and healing, because the whole idea is to set people free. So, Matt, why don't you start our prayer? Or Matt. Dear Lord, we just thank you for all that you do and just pouring out your spirit upon all flesh here or the earth and just moving and just transforming hearts and minds in a powerful way all over the world and especially here in America. And we just thank you for just the simplicity of the gospel and just allowing people to recognize that you're an option 
in the midst of all the confusion and that you're right there alongside of them and you can you're wanting to be with them to help them through all these decisions and all the things that they're going through in life and then you're their protector and their provider and that they're not just going it alone and trying to figure things out on their own and we just thank you for just that comfort and guidance and just healing and restoration and just uh, showing them the love and beauty that your creation is and how it's just so giving just to and just uh, such a blessing to be in it and just soak it up instead of just rejecting it where we're rejecting children we're cutting down trees for parking lots and there's you know you go into the average city there's not a whole lot of just natural things left and but we just thank you for all that you do and just that turning to you is really simple and the answer is simple and with your power and authority that changes can be made and there can be transformation not only on a personal level but in your local community and in your state and country yeah that's so good and so while the Cantrells have taken the mantle and they will destroy the uh lying uh slithering snake that wanted to uh suffocate the children they're going to go after the margaret sanger eugenics michelle and i will continue our crusade against what made it possible to begin with and that is the federal reserve and getting people off of farms so father god number one i pray that you destroy the federal reserve system in jesus name i pray that you restore everybody their land because when you have land it doesn't matter how many kids you have because you have you just get some more animals you just get another cow you just get some chickens mom can make another dress it's not a big deal life is not supposed to be hard and it's not supposed to be expensive so father god we curse this technology we send we ask you to send it to the bottom of the of the, of the sea i pray father god for families that will rise up who are farming who are living off the land who are producing who are the head and not the tail who are above and not beneath who are blessed in the city blessed in the womb and they are the wealthy ones they are the bankers so father god i pray that you help us to get back to what really matters gold and silver or just weights and balances bartering a system that is not based on this fiat dollar this fiat dollar that is stolen farms with the federal reserve has stolen farms through the great depression stolen farms through all these these endless wars father god you can return you can return us back to our land you can give us land when our family didn't have any land. I thank you, Father God, that everybody's going to have land. You're going to we're going to have barn raisings. We're going to have communities. We're going to rebuild this life that you have for us and help us to make the Garden of Eden. Forgive us of our sins and 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 remove these tyrants over our minds and over our lives and help us to do things right the way you would have us do it. Give us a spirit of discerning. Give us wisdom and might. And may we use the sword of the Spirit to take down every tyrant over our mind because rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. Why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows come? Why shouldn't my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home when 
Jesus is my portion. A constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Woo! Yes, Lord. Amen. Father, you've just reminded us tonight of the root and its creation. And in this, as we close tonight, we're also reminded of the wings, mm. which are the voice of the melody of prayer. Mm. So, Father God, we just ask that you'll raise us up to awaken our eyes to the true sense and purpose of who we are. And it sits at the root. It sits at the creation and the force of creation which you give each and every one of us. As we search for the meaning and purpose of this world and how it came into existence, we fail to realize that we are the engines and we are the creators of ourselves. You have given us the power of creation. And yet we've turned our back on it. So, Father, now we ask for forgiveness for a nation and a world. We humbly place ourselves before you and repent. Mm. For we have failed to realize that when you said you created us in our image, you gave us the tools to create. So, Father God, hear our prayers for repentance and for restoration. Raise us up as we now shed our tears for the amount of destruction that we have waged, not by the hands of war but by the reasons of self. Mm. Father, this is a world now that needs to be opened and its eyes need to be cleared. And we pray for that moment to strike everyone, to sit back and realize that all along, as we tried to find our identity in clothes and things and titles, that we had it all along. For we are the children of the Most High. And it's always been before us. We just failed to grasp and realize it. So, Father... We stand now as the, as the world groans and awaits the awakening of children of God. Mm. And we are here. Mm. And we are awake and we are rising. And so we pray for the power of love across this world to lift up more love than we've ever imagined. And in so doing, Father, we now seek to heal the wounds of the lost, to raise the voices of the children cast away. To make those dead bones sing. And Father, to restore this humanity to the glory of kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. 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 I just got another vision of Operation Vineyard. Oh, come on. Please share. The children that have not been born. Oh, that's beautiful. 
the children that were crying out to be born, the children that were unwanted, and you're going to bring them in. You're going to allow them to be here. You're going to, the fruit, oh my God, the vineyard is the fruit <laughs> of the, of this generation of children that, w- of that will be born. Amen. Operation Vineyard. You're oh. rescuing these children that have yet to be, that, 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 that are on the precipice of, uh, the, the mom and the dad are coming together and saying, die, and you're going to speak life. And the children are going to get through the vasectomy. They're going to get through the tubal ligations. They're going to get through. And these, ch- the, the children are coming. Beautiful. And they're coming. Operation Vineyard. Operation Vineyard. Because they've been sex trafficked. Oh. <laughs> the flesh versus creation. It's the theme. Mm. It's the root. Patriots, thank you. It's been a long, great show. I've been deeply honored this week to be in here with uh, Michelle and Leah. I won't tell you it's not going to be easy to leave because they are two wonderful and amazing ladies. And I'm very proud and blessed that Father God gave the gift for me to call them sisters. So thank you. And Matt, thank you. A new brother in my walk that I didn't expect to have. So thank you. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Mm. Patriots, I'm not going to have a morning show tomorrow because I'll be traveling, but we'll pick it up in the evening. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't talk You're that. such a ham. Do not ask me to sing the end like that ever because it ain't happening. All right, patrons, God bless. Have a great night.
chasing mountains I can't climb Holding out for heroes in the night I find myself here in the dark We learn to fight and learn who we are But I am raised up to face the stars Full of light And we are Out of my mind like the dark in the distance Chase the winter out of my mind like the dark. In-